Hello, fellow dribblers. Welcome back to the Esky. I came prepared this week. Ah. <laughs> 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 oh. So for those listening, uh, Sean has put on uh, some kind of glove to open his beard to make sure that we get the show off to a good start. And neither of us knew you were doing that. That's quite funny out of you. That is very funny. Okay, what have we got planned? <laughs> for, Welcome for, back, boys. For show. Welcome to On The Esky. Uh, a lot to talk about, uh, especially in the cricket world. Uh, as a big shout out, I guess, to Pepsi. He was the one that got us onto this on the call that no Tim Payne he probably won't play in the Ashes. He'll stand down. That has come to fruition. We'll talk about that in a minute. And his replacement announced today as well. Uh, Alex Carey for those playing at home. Yes. So mm-hmm. lots of Ashes news to talk about. Uh, lots of news in the cricket world. New Zealand and India has been going on. Mm-hmm. Then we'll cover some of the AFL draft that happened last Wednesday. Uh, there's a whole heap of NFL football to talk about. The NBA's um, been... Uh, Know, keep rolling on some LeBron news. Yes. <laughs> little, little, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's soccer. Uh, there's actually a quick story in the MLB that we wha- I whacked in there, uh, which love baseball. On <laughs> love, love, love baseball. Love um, we'll cover that. But F1 huge. Yeah. Two weeks to well, two yep. rounds to go, and very very close. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, we took a week off last week um, to and you know. As I just mentioned in the intro, a lot of shenanigans happened in between mm. the last two weeks. So a lot of sports to talk about. Yep. We'll cover all of that and more. How's your week been, boys, so far? Very good here. Uh, down the south coast of New South Wales, Marimbula, beautiful part of the world. Summer <laughs> is starting to roll in here in Australia. Uh, some some warmth, uh, a little bit of golf. No good golf, of course, but <laughs> got out there nonetheless. And, uh, yeah, the wife turned 30, so... A nice, nice week uh, for myself. How about you, James? Yeah, well, first off, happy birthday to the missus. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure she's uh, listening. Oh, of course. But every, uh, every single <laughs> Two episode, minutes in, right? she's probably still around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, notice the grindstone, just working hard. Um, haven't been able to catch up on much sport, so keen to have a listen to what you guys have to chat about. Have some input here or there. Ready to get stuck into it. Chase some facts for us. As mm. as always, there are timestamps down below mm-hmm. um, under the video uh, to skip ahead to whatever sports you want to listen to because we do cover a lot in the probably three hours today. Mm-hmm. Um, as always, uh, consider subscribing, throwing us a like or commenting. Uh, we do love your feedback and your interaction as always. Uh, and also there's an Instagram with some tasty memes um, occasionally from Jimmy on the end of the table. With that... I think we go to the top story that we talked about uh, in the intro with cricket, with the Ashes. We have a captain. We have a former captain leaving. Peps, mm. who's going to be the Australian captain? Uh, it's going to be hot boy uh, Pat <laughs> Cummins. Although I was thinking, do you want to shout a beer or do you want to do this first? Oh, true. I skipped it. Hey, you know, Rusty, you know, had a week off. <laughs> yeah, week off, week off. <laughs> Out of practice. That's yeah. all good, mate. I look into Pat Cummins' blue eyes and I kind of get you know, lost. <laughs> oh, into, I was keen. I was so keen to talk it, about it. Into, you know, what time of the year it is or, you know, what my uh, sexuality is. You know, a lot, <laughs> a lot of things come, come through my mind. But before we get to that, should we, should we shout a bit? Yeah, let's do a shout All right, let's all shout right. a beer. Monks, do you want to take yep. it away? Who have you He's got? Off. I'll take it off this week. So I'm going to shout a beer and he might need a straw as well. Um, Vita Vea, um, D lineman for Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, big boy. Yeah. Um, so playing up against the Colts, um, the other week, and in the second quarter, um, the offensive lineman probably got a little bit handsy, knocked his helmet 
up off his head. Um, chin strap came up above his nose and then the lineman um, went straight through with his helmet and chipped and... Knocked him out. Knocked him out. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, Vita Vey's two front teeth. Um, yeah, so he ran off the field, didn't realise that they'd been knocked out until he started drinking some water and couldn't feel his teeth there. Um, and then, That's pretty fucked. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Um, I think, yeah, you, Sean, you mentioned that you watched the game. He was like just giggling on, on the sideline yeah. about the fact he had no two front teeth. Not too fast. That's it. So um, if the tooth fairy didn't come your way, Vita Vea, I'll send the beer fairy, fairy across. And <laughs> a couple next, straws. And a couple straws and, yeah, ice, ice that um, those two front teeth up. I oh. believe he's got them repaired already as well. Oh, there so you go. he's he's all he's all solid. I reckon he would be able to crush some cans. <laughs> <laughs> he is one of the biggest units in the NFL. Oh, uh, so shout yep. out to Vita Vea. Sean, who would you like to shout a beer this week? I went with the Aussie George Cambosis. Mm. Uh, he, well, junior. Uh, he won the lightweight division, I believe. Yep. Uh, or one of the lightweight divisions. Um, he, in a boxing match against Lopez, who had all the belts, mm-hmm. um, the underdog mm-hmm. Australian that absolutely no one in Australia had been talking about or even mentioned. Pretty quiet. Yeah, yeah, not, not, yeah. not a lot of hype. Everyone's on that um, zoo hype. So, mm-hmm. like, it's, mm-hmm. you know, come out of nowhere. Uh, in a really competitive match, got the knockdown against Lopez. Uh, did get the split decision. I think he's had three split decisions in a row go his way. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. So, yeah, I don't know. Impressive. Like uh, we got to give a big shout out to to the Australian lad um, for getting the win and being unified. A, a unified. I think the the first unified uh, Australian boxing champ. I think we've had a couple of won yeah, a few belts, but not. I don't think anyone's ever been. No, unified. no Australians ever been unified. No, I think like Mundine won the WBA. Like he didn't win any of the other belts. Fennec um, ever. Fennec's probably the only one I can think come to mind, and the elders who. But I don't think either. Maybe actually um, Maybe Costa. Costa. Costa's probably the only one I could think of that went close. But That's a little bit of work for you to do. It's, it's there, it it is hard to do getting being a unified champ, especially yeah. in with all the mandatories and the rematches that happen mm-hmm. um, uh, in boxing now. So, yeah, big shout-out to him for do that. Big shout-out to Australian um, going in there as typical Australian underdog and getting the win um, through the split decision. Uh, many similarities to Alex uh, Volkanovsky, you know, quite promising rugby league player growing up, had to choose between league and boxing or league in, and fighting in, in uh, the Volk's case, and it seems to have paid off. Uh, he's, he's a unified world champion, uh, and he's not that old. He is 28, 28, so still in the prime of his career. Oh. George Cambosis hopefully can, uh, can hold on to those belts for, for quite some time. Yeah, well, if he fights like Holyfield, he can fight till he's 60, but um, in his prime don't, don't, don't have the better standard there. But anyways, that, yeah. that seems to be the way. He, well, he's going to have his mandatory um, rematch, I believe, with Lopez. I think that would, would be in the, the cards for them. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're probably going to run that back in three or four months' time, I reckon. Shout out to George. I will shout out uh, your Brisbane Lions. Mm-hmm. They drafted a young bloke by the name of Darcy Wilmot. Uh, I think he went 16th, uh, and he he they uh, went to him via Zoom, and he had about 20 blokes uh, sitting around there, all his best <laughs> mates. They called his name, and there was a good old-fashioned stacks on with Darcy at the bottom of it, uh, possibly a little bit of underage drinking there. I'm, I'm not sure if everyone there was over 18. I did see a few beers, uh, but how good, you know, your mate's just gotten drafted. Uh, going to a club that, you know, has been there or thereabouts the last few years, mm-hmm. Uh, and and all all uh, his best mates 
getting the fuck around him, to put it uh, eloquently. Uh, so shout out to you, Darcy. Uh, absolute scenes there in the AFL draft and uh, wishing him all the best with his uh, first preseason as an AFL player. Yep. Yeah. How do we go? Any Aussies undisputed champs? Be pretty uh, hard to find. Yeah, I'm just trying to have a look at it now. I might have to save it for the bo- uh, the boxing session right. section. We'll give you a couple of hours to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think we listed them. Like we know Mundine wasn't, and our two biggest other Fennec or Fennec or Costa. Yeah, the only off the top of the head. Maybe maybe one or two like very very early, but outside you know that that'd be Fennec. I would have thought, but anyway, yeah. We'll see, we'll see. All right, let's get drawn back in by the blue eyes. uh, Yes. (laughs) Your mind doesn't drift far, but, you know, until it comes back to Pat Cummins, uh, he he will be the the Australian test captain for the Ashes and for the foreseeable future. Steve Smith uh, will be the vice captain and apparently uh, does have uh, the ability to set fields and uh, have some input in decision-making and then Cummins will be, you know, the media man uh, to, Mm. to face... Our lovely Australian media, which loves to always support our Australian cricketers. <coughs> Cockheads. Um, so interesting. Uh, I think, you know, pr- no surprises here. Um, it was expected. We, we knew Cummins was being groomed it, yeah, to be the captain. Indeed. Uh, what I think the Steve Smith thing potentially came left field. Yeah, 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 it caught me a little bit napping. I'd said I thought Steve Smith had been blacklisted from, from being uh, a captain. I hadn't kind of considered... Uh, would they give him the vice? And it, it makes sense. He can field in the slips, you know, he can set fields on the field. He can, you know, do any uh, anything tactical. And Pat Cummins can be the man to face the media mm. and, uh, and you know, um, have the, the, the second most important job in this country uh, in being the Australian cricket captain. So what are, what are your thoughts on, because I've got two questions here. One, Steve Smith after, you know, Sam Papergate, the banning, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, of course, like you said before, Australian media, cricket media, especially getting stuck into him, mm-hmm. but you can't do that. He's a cheat, blah, blah. Um, what do you think? I think he served his time. He did his – he didn't really do the crime. He uh, he allowed it under his leadership. Look, let's be honest. They're all in on it. They're all in on it. There, there were three guys that got in trouble, but you can't tell me that there was only three guys that yeah. knew about it. Yeah, I, I agree. Served the time. Um you know, had, had to take time away from the game, had to take a long time away uh, from being, uh, you know, in the leadership group. Uh, obviously a big fan uh, myself uh, here of Steve Smith. I think he's done the time and deserves to have that vice-captain role. I'm sure our uh, our cricket enemies uh, in the Barmy Army and, uh, you know, the Indian fans uh, will, will have some kind of objection. But in yeah. my eyes, uh, good on Steve Smith and it'll be uh, nice to see him uh, there, you know, having some uh, some input, which, to be honest, without being the vice captain the last few years, p- probably has some uh, a fair bit to say when it comes to ta- uh, comes to tactics. So that's that was going to be my second question. Does is Cummins end up going to be the pseudo captain? Um, I think he's going to be the media man. He's going to yeah. be the the squeaky clean Tim <laughs> Payne that was you know meant to be uh, this this uh, you know clean cut. Uh, good boy, um, you know, yeah. until uh, recent events came to light. Uh, yeah, I, I do think that that's kind of how it's going to be. It's going to be a one-two punch uh, with, with Cummins facing the questions and, and Steve helping out a lot with uh, with, with tactical decisions on so, the field. So you're not worried about the Steve Smith-White anting 
um, of Cummins, of his leadership? No, I think that'd be great, mates. I think uh, that they would put aside any kind of uh, personal, you know, egotistical uh, kind of kind of thinking and just want to win test matches and want to get Australia back to being a dominant force in, in all forms of cricket. So, no, I don't, I don't think uh, those two blokes don't really strike me as, as that egotistical. Obviously hard to tell from the outside looking in. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think it's a good fit. They've I think played a lot of cricket together. They've played a lot of cricket so. together. They'd be best of mates off the field. Yeah, um, okay. No, I, I like the decision. Mm. So final question on, on this bit of news. What, did you, what were your thoughts on the uh, line of questioning or investigation they did on Cummins pre him accepting the captaincy? Did you see that report about they – um, they, they did dig, digging for skeletons, essentially. <laughs> what are they doing? Little Twitter searches and, you know. Well, they're asking him direct questions. It's like, is there anything we should know about um, that potentially could come to light and affect your Yeah, your I suppose captains? Cricket Australia, you know, it's, it's like, you know, joining the Defence Force or something, you know, being a being a special agent uh, for, for ASIO or something. They've got to really dig into your past these days to see if you got any after-school detention when you're fucking in year four. Like, that's... that's that is the world that we live in these days. Yeah. Look, you got to ask the question. Yeah. Who, who knows? Who knows? You know, stuff that happens in private lives, uh, you know, should, in my opinion, stay kind of private. And if yeah. it do, if it does come to light, you know, you make a decision. But uh, it that's the world that we live in now with uh, with social media and you know you've, you've got to um, you know I understand where cricket Australia is coming from trying to cover all their bases there. But for in my eyes, he's he's a he's a fast bowling. Uh, weapon. He's good looking. He's just had a baby, and he's got to come in as a first time captain and lead us to a four zip Ashes win. Yes, yes. Well, are you saying it's four zip because there's no Perth test? I'm saying it's four zip because <laughs> I think one will get rained out. La Nina, <laughs> very green down here at the moment. A, a little bit wetter than usual. Yeah. That, that's that's my uh, prediction. Yeah, I'm going to use that segue, and we'll come back to Tim Payne in a minute. Uh, what do you think of the potential no Western Australia? Test. It looks like McGowan, our best mate, is closing the borders mm. uh, for the new variant. Um, He's a fuckwit. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Like, I, I, I really don't like bad mouthing athletes. That, you know that do do jobs that you know hundreds of thousands of people try to get to and mm-hmm. and have, uh, reach those elite uh, areas. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of bad mouthing them. Th- this guy, Dead said, like he catch up with the rest of the world. And the whole there's a whole argument with that. Well, they allowed the AFL Grand Final to go ahead. Like, what's the difference there? <laughs> money. <coughs> well, I, but they'll be giving up a fair bit of money here too. You'd imagine. Uh, but anyways, for those that that aren't in the loop. Um, Western uh, Australia's Premier Mark McGowan uh, is not opening up uh, the borders for this uh, this Perth test. Uh, it seems uh, that within the last few days that it will not go ahead in WA. Uh, the big question going forward is where, where will this Perth test go? Uh, now, this, mm. this is a can of worms. This is an absolute can of worms. Hobart and Canberra uh, are, are two destinations that may be able to host, um, you know, a, a fifth Ashes test. Yeah, but are the, the grounds big enough, I think, ends up being the question. Not for the Ashes, is it? 
Is it if 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 this was if this was Sri Lanka or the West Indies tour and yeah Easy. short yeah cricket Tasmania you know here's your test. Well, I think they were gonna, weren't they going to play the Afghanistan Af- test Afghanistan was, Afghanistan was going to be in Hobart. There you go. So right. so that's uh, cricket Tasmania's angle. They've obviously hosted a plethora of of Test cricket. Mm-hmm. Our theatre of dreams, you know, just up the road <laughs> here. It hosts fifteen thousand. Maybe you can get some extra seating in there to make it eighteen thousand. They'll probably sell out every day. That's our push, Cricket Australia. I'm sure you're listening to host the Ashes in Canberra at Monica Oval. Yep. Oh, I think so. we have fucking Buckley's chance of <laughs> no, that happening. Never happened. But would love to see it happen. Uh, I think the word is probably giving a second test to Melbourne or Sydney, and possibly making it a day night one to spice it up a little bit. Okay. Yep. Because yeah, that was going to be my thoughts. They'll probably double up. Um, use one of the the other four grounds they're already playing out. Think of potentially the, think to, of the money. Yeah, think of the money. Hundred thousand people even the MCG. You'd want to repeat it. You know they generally sell out the first three days. Lots well, of so, things. So you got the fourth test already in Sydney. Would you have a double header in Sydney, or would you send it back down to Melbourne? That, that, and that's a great question, there, Jimmy. I. The other interesting thing here is Sydney tests always sell out like that because you've got the population being quite similar, but the ground holding half. Half the capacity, yeah. so this might be Cricket Australia just going righto. Let's give everyone in Sydney a chance um, and and host just a back to back Sydney Test. I, you know, if I was a betting man and I am, uh, I think that's the most. Li- I think that's the most likely option is back to back in Sydney. Yep. But I wouldn't be surprised if they went back to Melbourne and mm-hmm. try to sell a bit. You know, a few more bums in seats. Uh, and, and go from there. So, if you're Cricket Australia and you actually want to give Australia an advantage, which ground would you pick? Good question. Historically, we're not great in Sydney. Um, is it the is it the Gabba? Or? <laughs> well, 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 well. Could, could, could they go we don't that, mention the Indians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, fuck it. We, we dominated them for thirty years. So, well, well done to our Indian <laughs> listeners. Uh, you know, getting getting that win, historic win at the Gabba in uh, in the last. Uh, a test match held in Australia, which nearly a year ago, to mm-hmm. think of that. Uh, yeah, that, that's an option to go back up to Brisbane. Um, I'd say less likely. Less, uh, I don't, less likely. From, from the, the money perspective? No, I wouldn't think that. It's, it's still, it's, like the gap is nearly as big as the SCG. Mm. So, you know, you, you kind of got to think of it that way. But, yeah, look, uh, money talks. Uh, you know, we've learned a few things in our first year of podcasting here. Um, you know, I'm sure anyone sort of a little bit older and wiser could have said, yeah, you fucking idiot, always follow the money because that's that's, uh, that's the way that's going to go. Uh, but, yeah, I'll, I'll say back-to-back in Sydney as the number one uh, likely outcome and the second most likely going back to Melbourne. Could they have a pitch ready back-to-back with a week in yep. between? Yeah, I think, I, I think so, yeah, Qu- quite easily. Uh, they do... Drop-ins in Melbourne um, and just standard in Sydney. I don't. I don't think it would be too much of an issue getting getting a pitch ready. Okay. So we go back to Tim Payne. We've got to finish that story off. Uh, as we mentioned, Tim Payne uh, did take his leave of absence from cricket mm. since, like his family's doing it tough as they probably would with the media hounding them constantly. They're, they're uh, the real. Vi- they're the real victims in all of this. Yeah. You know, you you feel sorry yeah. for Tim Payne, the cricketer. You feel sorry for his career, but. You know him, him and his wife and his and his kids. Uh, you know that obviously, she she knew about it. They they'd been through it four years ago. You yep. know you try and heal, you try and get through it. People are human. 
not condoning it, but, you know, that they've got to try and move on and now it all gets, you know, front page of the paper and everyone's fucking talking about it. And it reminds me a lot of Matty Johns and his situation yeah, um, for, for, for that story as well. But well, how, how many times do you hear it? You know, yeah. like uh, people's private lives are, are private, I think, for for a reason. Um, and again, not to condone what, what Tim did, but the real victims in all of this is, is him and his fam- family and, and, the, and the lady in, involved yeah. for, for it to oh, all agree, be, agree. you know, mm. uh, the, the talking point of the last few weeks. But uh, And as we kind of speculated, we, we kind of thought we, we doubted that Tim Payne would be playing in, you know, in this Ashes uh, despite staying, big, big in, ask, staying in the squad uh, after the initial news broke. Mm. Uh, it was nice to see JL, uh, after finishing his quarantine from coming over uh, from the Emirates, actually flew down to Hobart, spend a little bit of time with Tim, you know, make sure that his mental health is um, is going okay. Well, and they both came in at the same time, didn't they? Correct. Yeah, yeah. correct. So uh, I think, I, I don't know if they had any... Uh, um, no, 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 because Payne would have been here the whole time, so... Yeah, but when oh, so when Buff sure, was a Buff sure. was coach. Yes, yeah, so uh, sorry. Yep. Yeah. So so when yeah when Buff got axed and, and JL got the top job, job. and Tim Payne got the top job. Yep. Yeah, they, yeah. they 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 came in at the same time in, in yes. that in that aspect. So yeah, good to, good to see. I think that's that strong leadership from JL, who himself has been hounded by the media this year as well. Um, well, both yeah. were on the chopping block, but based yeah. on how this series yeah. would go. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, fuck the mainstream media. <laughs> Listen to podcasts and unqualified idiots that drink beers and. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to Brandon Smith later. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so his replacement, we speculated uh, potentially Philip P, potentially Inglis, potentially maybe Wade, but in the end, they went with the the, the known com- well known ish commodity, mm-hmm. uh, Alex Carey. He he was probably our. Favorite, yeah. Uh, for, I, for this. I, the last pod was two weeks ago, but I, I was quite confident in mm. saying that Alex mm. Carey will be um, the, uh, the the Australian keeper at the Gabba. And then I, I kind of looked at the numbers since saying that on the last podcast, and I kind of thought, well, maybe this isn't so cut and dry. Uh, he, he has struggled this year in the Shield, so that that was probably the big thing. Is mm. like he oh, his overall Shield record's pretty good. Mm. He's recent form, though, not so good compared to the other blokes, uh, mm. especially Philippi, who's, I think, fourth and runs in the Shield currently. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then Inglis, I think he got like 70-odd recently in yeah, the Shield but match. Ob- obviously been in the UAE uh, riding the pine, essentially, for the T20 World Cup. So can mm. you pick a bloke mm. that hasn't played any red ball cricket? Did, did he uh, play in one Shield match this week? I think, yeah, just just, yeah, just yeah. this week. So I think he got one decent score in it, which you know puts him in the conversation. But mm. then, of course, you got Matthew, Matthew Wade. Uh, who's uh, and it, w- it wouldn't have surprised me if they went Wade. You know he's he's tired and tested. Uh, mm. Wow, he, <laughs> he's very he's, tested. He's tried and tested, if you will. Um, but uh, you kind of think maybe his red ball career is is starting to come to an end. Much older, you know. Alex, of course, is thirty. So you know you've got him at least for the next five years potentially as Australian wicket keeper. And mm. then when we talk about Philippi. Uh, by that point, will be the same age as Alex is now. He'll be he's twenty nine, thirty. He's a young point. bloke, Josh so. Philippi. He's got a lot of cricket, a lot of cricket ahead of him, and, exactly. and English uh, a touch older than him. But yeah, I think the best man for the job got picked. Uh, I think I think it it was Alex Carey should have been the front runner, and and congratulations to him. Um, he's played forty five ODIs for Australia, averaging thirty six, which is which is no mean feat. Uh, despite you know that poor Shield record this year, I'm happy with the decision. I'm happy for Alex Carey and, and looking forward to seeing what he can do next week at the Gabba. Yeah, my preference is just purely because I like to uh, 
build young talent over long periods of time would have been Philippi because I could see like put him in there making the wicket mm. keeper for the next 15 years your job set but mm. also he's got to play well enough to maintain that position and, and bringing a young fellow into the probably the pinnacle of Australian test cricket in the ashes maybe not the greatest the idea pressure. Yeah. yeah so I can understand why they went with Alex Carey for that reason and the thing is with cricket it's so late developing, especially for batsmen. Like you yep. think of a guy like Mike Hussey or even... Well, Steve you, Smith. It, well, even if you want to go back to Adam Gilchrist. Like yeah. Gilchrist was, what, 29 when he played his first test? Like you you can be, you know, so, so good in your early 20s, but you don't really hit your prime until your late 20s and even early 30s. Yep. So I think that's the argument against, you know, blooding a 24-year-old. Um, as good as Philippi is... Uh, mm. I, I'm 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 glad they went with Kerry and and uh, mm. hoping um you know he he can score some runs and have some immediate impact. And I don't think we've got an answer yet. The Australia A Australia game will be end of day two today. Uh, from memory, they're doing the first through to the third of December with their three day inter game match, which I don't think you're going to be able to find the stats for. You can try. Um, because we still we still it's got all secret squirrels, is it? Well, it's behind closed doors, I believe, because ah, it's okay. an internal one. So okay. uh, I don't think there'll be anyone allowed to view it. Right. Um, so it depends if that maybe ups the level of competition for them. What or? a what an impactful game for those guys vying for spots. You know, considering we've probably got nine nine spots wrapped yeah. up. There's, there's uh, probably and uh, I think there's a preference for Harris for that ten. So you're probably down to Usman and Head for the finals for five. five. But a bit of noise this week coming out of Shane Warne as well, who mm-hmm. who thinks that Mitchell Stark should get dropped for Jai Richardson. We've yeah. spoke, spoken about how well Richardson's been playing the shield. He averages 13 with the ball or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just it, different types of bowlers, though. That's the thing. Like, he he's more your Hazelwood and Cummins kind of bowler. Exactly. Chip Where, away, chip away, yeah. you know. probably you, you want your Stark in there as a, as a big tall that can – Bounce it all over yeah, the place. Yeah, exactly. Bowl Th- throw, throw a couple of rockets. Um, throw a few at 154 at your fucking throat. Do you know what I mean? And and I mean, no, the Pommies don't like that. So no, no one likes that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one fucking likes that. And and not not to take anything away from Jai, I think he will play a fair bit of Test cricket. I do get the feeling that this is Shane Warne just trying to be a bit more of a talking head. You know, that's his role now. It's headline. Yeah, he's a, an Australian uh, Stephen A. Smith or a Skip Bayless, if you will. He, he fell off his motorbike this week, and that made headlines. So, yeah. <laughs> big warning, big warning. Uh, yeah, look, I I doubt that Stark misses out, and and warning was saying Lyon is under pressure because he had a poor summer last year. I think that's more yeah, well, click, more clickbaity stuff than, who, than, who, than anything. Who's the second spinner we got in the squad? Is it Swepson? Swepson's in the Ashes. Can you chase out that squad? I know Warney's been a, a big advocate for Mitch Swepson for mm. many, many years. However, his Sheffield Shield record is not the best. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if they have they got a second. Spin I think I think it was Swepson in the 15. In the 15, when I looked at it earlier. Uh, and but what's he talking about? Like, all right, Nathan Lyon, you know, took 11 wickets at 48 or whatever last summer against India. He's, he had a rough summer, he, but it's, he's he still be- got he, it. He's the best off spinner in Australian history, and and yeah. he's what top six or seven in wickets taken for you know Australians ever. I can't, yeah, I just can't see him being under any pressure. It is Mitch Swepson that is uh, in that squad, and uh, no, you know, no disrespect to to Schwepson, but I I can't imagine Nathan Lyon's jobs under any pressure there. I yeah. imagine Shane just trying to get a you know. 
little bit of uh, media noise out there, okay, a few okay. a few clicks on some articles, and um, and I can't imagine it being much more than that. Yeah, line will be first choice, and if they need some extra turning, they've got Lover Shane, or if they pick Head and, and Smith, they all can they, throw, they, throw they, some they, some rank turners down there as well. Indeed. If they need to be. How about Wikipedia? There, they have done Tim Payne absolutely dirty. He's in <laughs> that Australian <laughs> squad with the line through him. Rest in peace to our former captain and leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You f- yeah, again, you feel for him, but that is the world that we live in. Yeah, Let's run through some Shield news to get us up to date on, mm-hmm. on that. And Because uh, I think it was interesting, this, uh, I'm pretty sure it was the Queensland and South Australia game um, with uh, Head and Usman essentially going head-to-head uh, for that last position. Head to Usman, if you will. Yes. Because um, Usman, I believe, was the captain Jeez. for Queensland and actually sent SA back in, which gives Head more opportunity to score runs. And you know what he did? <laughs> he scored a ton. <laughs> yes. He scored a ton. But South Australia had to follow on and, and Travis Head scored a ton there. Uzi did go out and won the, the game. game. Yeah. Good, good quick fire 50 to win the game, though. 52 so. off 36 balls, yeah, if so. you do not mind. And also, as an Australian fan, great to see Marnus Labuschagne and Bryce Street, who is in that Australia A squad, mm-hmm. making some runs. Queensland getting the bickies there. Uh, the big story uh, outside of that was um, was Carey not making many runs. This was obviously two and three played played before the announcement, uh, so that was kind of putting a bit of doubt in some people's mind. Yeah, and I think he was like nine with a duck before that as well. Like yeah, he, he's had he's had an ordinary shield shield uh, yeah. season. Did make a hundred uh, playing uh, grade cricket uh, in in Adelaide uh, weekend before last. Uh, the other thing that came out of this game is they actually abandoned the play on day one due to a, in quotes, air quotes, unsafe pitch. Yeah. And Queensland Damn. fucking made 300. <laughs> I think it was Ch- Chad Sayers was saying, I don't know how unsafe it can be when the when you make 300. Uh, so, so a little bit interesting there. Uh, yeah, I think there's a bit of a damp patch which was causing yeah, a, a little, few balls to stay, stay up down and, or, up or, down, or bounce up. I, I think Labuschagne got hit in the head with one of them, so... Well, up, up around the neck area. Of course. Um, and but, of course you don't. but he still hit 100, so who the fuck is? Yeah, like, agreed, agreed. The other uh, Shield game uh, that's happened since the last pod was Tasmania and WA. Tassie getting a win here. Uh, mm-hmm. Sam Whiteman, 176 not. He was uh, he batted three and he was out there in the second over and uh, didn't get dismissed, so essentially carried his bat. Uh, but uh, Tasmania able to get the bickies uh, through some uh, some good batting from Caleb Jewell, who turned up, and Jordan Silk had back-to-back uh, reasonable innings. And like that man we were talking about before, Jai Richardson had himself another game. He took seven in this one um, after taking uh, ten the week before, uh, or the game before. Uh, Marks, do you mind just bringing up the uh, the Shield wicket-takers? Wait, why, uh, why you do that, I'll just mention in this game as well, uh, who we mentioned before, Philippi did get another 50, so batting well. And Cam Green, who also getting, will be picked in the Ashes team, with another 50, has had a good uh, Shield season as well. So he comes into the squad with a bit of form, which is good to see. Great to see out of Cam Green. Uh, I've had I've heard a few people questioning Cam Green. and I've, I've Well, they, of, they were talking about uh, Mitch Marsh, of course, because they have similar... Roll and build, mm. um, but That's uh, they've already sent Mitch back, um, I believe, to play for Western Australia, so yep. he will not be picked in the Ashes. Yeah, so well, he's, not, he's not in the squad. It'll be Cam Green, be Cam um, Green. batting six, you'd imagine. Uh, Joe Richardson, uh, for those wondering, in four um, Shield games has 23 wickets at an average of 13.4 
It's actually Matt Kuhneman, the uh, the Queensland spinner, who has the most shield wickets. But Jai Richardson is really uh, stamping down the door there in in terms of um, uh, taking poles in the shield this year. Can you find me some Stark stats while you're there? You might need to do some scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the shield, I won't find you anything. Do you want his... Uh, he's, he's played one game in the shield this year. I don't think so. Let's have a look. No, nah, because he, he would have been overseas the whole time. Um, I thought he got one game. He made my thing at Cummins. I think I think when Warney's post, he was kind of pointing out that, that Stark's uh, numbers outside of the Adelaide test, the pink ball test in recent years, have been lacklustre. Uh, but, I look, I think, again, it's, it, that's just all speculation. I think Mitchell Stark will be there uh, next week at the Gabba. Yep, yep. So we covered Warney stories. Uh, Marsh Cup has also been happening. Yes, it's been happening in the in that Peppy. Just quickly, the Marsh Cup. We had three games. New South Wales smoked the Vicks. They made three hundred and forty-four. And how about this? No big scores, but every single person that batted nine blokes, they scored twenty plus. I don't know if I've ever seen that. It was uh, the most, uh, you know, team effort that I think I've ever seen with the bat in that game. Uh, Tasmania played WA. Uh, WA made 294, a handy 294. Sam Whiteman was 79. He's in some pretty good nick. Uh, and good to see Ben McDermott uh, making 133, uh, steering Tassie to a five-wicket victory. Uh, I'd imagine he will feature this year um, in uh, at least a T20 team and possibly the ODI uh, side. And then Queensland and South Australia right on fucking cue. Alex Carey makes a hundred. <laughs> it was white ball cricket. It, is white ball, it yeah. was white ball cricket, but uh, we to, know who's good at that. Yeah, to, to settle to settle possibly any kind of debate, he showed. Yeah, look, I haven't had the best shield season, but look, I'm I'm pretty fucking good. He made a hundred, <laughs> uh, but it wasn't enough uh, for the South Australians and another guy that shouldn't be discounted when it comes to talking about Test cricket mm-hmm. going forward. Matt Renshaw. Uh, often the knock around him was he scores a little bit slowly, the turtle they call him. I don't know if that has to do with his demeanour, his personality, Mm -hmm. he's a little bit withdrawn, or the way that he normally goes about scoring runs. Well, he he looked more like a fucking hare than a turtle in this one. 156 (laughs) not out off 109 balls. Uh, He went in at three for 38 with a bit of pressure on there. 15 fours, five sixes. Thanks for coming. Queensland win that one. That's about it for domestic cricket. Yes. So we need to talk about uh, international test cricket and the big match we've kind of been covering, uh, you know, fighting for the what we're going to call the number one test spot uh, in the world. The top two ranked test sides. Yes. Uh, India versus New Zealand. New Zealand in India for for this is a four game series. Or three games. I think they're just playing the two. Two? I think they're just... Oh, that's right. They are playing two and they've played the one and we're going to call it a three-game series. So the... (laughs) The World Test Championship (laughs) just comes into it, doesn't it? Uh, So, and then there'll be a very, very exciting draw. So uh, India got off to a very good start, 345. Um, I'll just give the scores quickly. New Zealand, 296, followed by an India for 234. With New Zealand to chase on the last day to make about two hundred and eighty odd with nine wickets remaining, um, went right down to the end. They had to hold on for what was it, about nine overs. Yeah, um, that, that that tenth wicket partnership uh, of uh, Rachin Ravindra and Azaj Patel. Ravindra in his first Test playing in the subcontinent, <laughs> trying to trying to contain a red hot Ravi Jadeja and Akshar Patel on a deck, which we're just watching at the moment. Uh, was doing plenty. Turning everywhere. 
managed managed to survive and uh, and get uh, the Black Caps just home uh, to to save the match there. The, a few big stories out of this one: yep. Virat Kohli opted not to play, uh, <laughs> stating kind of some mental and physical fatigue. I suppose fair enough, you yeah, know, c- coming up. off an IPL, coming off uh, the World T Twenty uh, World Cup, uh, and then into uh, into this um, this series here. So decided not to play, and there was no Rishabh Punt either in this one, which gave Ajinka Rahane the captaincy yep. and gave Shreyas Iyer uh, his his uh, first Test cap. We've obviously seen what he can do in white ball cricket, uh, a staple in the IPL for a few years now, and uh, and and has some uh, some quite good numbers uh, playing white ball cricket for India. Had good and numbers in this. He had the perfect debut, didn't he? <laughs> 105 on Test debut, every boy's dream, uh, and actually top scored for him in the second innings with 65. Uh, mm-hmm. So that b- begs a question now: you can't drop a bloke after a performance like that, could you? Well, we've seen. The, the Indian side, they are cutthroat. They are. They, they, they'll pick their best. And I think um, you can't leave Coley out for a debutant. Of, of, of course. Coley will come back in. And if Punt is good to go, he will come back in. My thinking perhaps is they will just – they'll bring both bats in, drop Ravinda Jadeja down a spot, mm-hmm. and maybe omit a bowler. Could that happen tomorrow? Well, we saw, um, was it Sharma, Jardy's finger? Jardy's so, finger, but, but... So maybe, well, I'm, I'm thinking maybe rest him. But he bowled a lot. He, he did, did bowl. Didn't, he seem, the, didn't well, seem too for, fast. For the fast bowlers, he bowled a lot, 15 overs. That's that's what I'm thinking. The fast bowlers barely got a look in uh, in the second innings, as yeah. they rarely do uh, in the subcontinent. My thinking, perhaps, is they go one less quick, mm-hmm. and uh, and and Shreyas Iyer keeps his spot. Yep. Coley comes in, and if Pant's good to go, he replaces uh, Saha. That would be my my tinkering um, with this Indian side. But, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. A bloke that's gone out there on debut and, and scored, what, 170 runs uh, across his two knocks um, to get left out. Uh, the only other thing they could do is push Pajara up to open and then drop one of the openers, uh, which, which I could see happening. Pajara obviously has played... A shitload. Yeah, at, but who, at who's there drop. at the moment? So Gil, I think played. Gil and Agarwal. Okay. Yeah, I think Gil scored all right in this, and Agarwal, not not massive, but he made double digits. So Agarwal made thirteen in the first, and he made seventeen in the second. Whereas Gil made fifty-two in the first, and then one in the second. I'm really spitballing here. Yeah, I don't yeah. see Pajara batting anywhere else than three. But mm. yeah, I just I. I think it would be very rough on Shreya Sire to miss out on that side. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, we'll know in about 24 hours, I guess, for this second test. Mm-hmm. Um, and how good is cricket that we can talk about a scintillating draw? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a few good memes getting around, uh, you know, regarding the sort of the last session. There was probably seven under the bat, you know, five blokes with the lid on uh, trying to clean up that that uh, that Kiwi tail and, uh, you know, it's a bit like bowling to Nan on Christmas Day. You know, you, you just get everyone, you know, crowded around or, you know, your little brother or, you know, yeah, someone yeah. that you can really bully, maybe with a taped-up tennis ball, you know, and get plenty under there. So, oh, Well, so there was plenty of turnout here in India, as there always is. So those, uh, those, the, the spinners, what do they, bowl 90-odd of? Uh, they There was 98 overs and they bowled... Uh, 70-odd, I reckon. Uh, so Yadav bowled 12 and Sharma bowled 7. So the Quicks bowled 19 out of 98. 
So almost 70 for, for, for the spinners. So. Again, and it shows, like it turns. Like, and again, crazy. you know, going back to what I was talking about before, can you go into a test with one quick? I don't know. I don't know. This this well, can one quick bowl nineteen overs. Probably, uh, probably, probably. <laughs> so we'll see what happens when they pick the teams tomorrow. But uh, yeah, it'd be very stiff. I would think to uh, Shreyas Iyer to lose his spot. So what do, what do we think of this series so far? We've got New Zealand. We've got this first draw. So I guess whoever wins the next match will be the winner of this series. Yep. Um, if we include uh, the the July game, New Zealand still technically won in front. Mm-hmm. Um, have, have we seen a clear kind of winner for n- number one test team in the world? Well, so far it has to be New Zealand. They won the game that counted uh, mm. on neutral venue. Sure, it maybe suits their style of play better than playing in the subcontinent. Mm-hmm. And then they've held their own in that first test in the subcontinent with uh, you know a bunch of young players. Uh, so, look, at the moment you'd have to sh- score New Zealand ahead. That they, They're the one that have the trophy. Uh, but uh, it will be an interesting yeah. second test here to see um, what happens, you know, w- when uh, the likes of Coley and Punt, um, you know, come back into the side. But yeah. as it stands, you have to have New Zealand ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, we talk about it in the UFC all the time. You've got to beat the champ to be the champ. So. You've got to beat the champ to be the champ. Mark, that is exactly yep. right. So be a, a, a fascinating um, second second test match there in, uh, in Kampur. So to finish off on the cricket uh, segment for today, what are some of the other matches? We've got Sri Lanka taking on the West Indies. Is that one so, day matches? Uh, test ten, first, first, f- first well, test. Low scoring first test then. That's what's confused me. <laughs> first test, uh, Sri Lanka won by 187 runs. Uh, the captain, Dimuth Karanaratne, had an absolute uh, game. Uh, captain's knock, 147 in the first and 83 to get him the man of the match. And the second test is uh, already four days in. Sri Lanka leading there. Mm. Uh, Where are they playing that? In Sri Lanka? Uh, yeah, this, the second one's Colombo. So, yeah, so uh, Sri Lanka uh, really looking in a uh, a positive uh, situation there to uh, take out that series. And Pakistan and Bangladesh are doing battle in Bangladesh. Pakistan won the first test by, first test by eight wickets mm-hmm. in Chattagram. Uh, I still think that would be a really good name for an app, uh, <laughs> perhaps on on your phone, Chattagram, uh, kind of like a WhatsApp kind of Instagram. Uh, kind of shindig there. Uh, Abid Ali looked good uh, for Pakistan with 133. And in a losing side, Taju Islam, seven for 160, uh, seven for 116. Mm-hmm. And Shaheen Shah Afridi continuing that good form off the T20 World Cup, five for 32. The second test starts to no, on Saturday in Dakar. So with cricket done, uh, we're going to stay local with our sports before we jump into the NFL. We're going to quick, quickly run through the AFL draft. It happened was it last Wednesday or the Wednesday before? Last Wednesday. Last Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, wasn't too many surprises early on as expected uh, with the way we thought some of the, the you know father-son picks and the, the matching of picks and stuff would go. Um, but there was plenty of mullets and plenty of shit mows. Um, uh, not as I good at the draft. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, well, we're, your, we're, yours would pass as a good mow um, in comparison we're, we're, to some of these. We were talking ones. pre-show, and and Monkey has been uh, rocking this caterpillar for for quite some time now. And yeah, I think yours would have been 
much, much better than these kids that are 13 years younger than you at, <laughs> at the recent AFL draft. But it's interesting how things come full circle. We're talking about, you know, a few father-sons uh, going in the top 10. Uh, but the, the 80s, you know, vibe is definitely back. It was, uh, there, was more, there was more mullets than salads. Uh, that, that is for sure in the AFL draft. Uh, but alas, let's talk about uh, what happened outside of haircuts and ship mows. Uh, only 10 trades, uh, so down uh, quite a, a bit. There were 17 trades back in 2019. And I think the most telling stat for me was out of um, all the all the draftees this year, there was only three players drafted from the allied states, you know, mm-hmm. in New South Wales, Queensland, and NT. Uh, what the, the one New South Wales Welshman drafted was uh, Queen Bean Tiger, just right down the road. Josh Fahey, shout out to him. Yeah. The Victorians absolutely dominated despite the NAB League getting canned from COVID yeah, uh, this year, which was very interesting. Well, they still had a lot of young boys coming through that but had, would. But hadn't been able to showcase their skills. There True. was a, a lot of chat that maybe that would, you know, hamper them. Mm. Um, so seven of the top ten well, to how, go How, how were, many of the Vicks? other states actually played? comps through the so year. So WA and SA both, I think, oh, well, true. They're, I think both, they're, they're, both And they're finished. the two other, uh, you know, massive uh, talent pool or growth areas. Um, and they had uh, 15, WA had 15 drafted and South Australia had 12 and the most skillful South Australian player, uh, everyone sort of tipped to go number one, Jason Horn Francis out of uh, South Adelaide in the Sandfall, goes to North Melbourne with the number one pick. Um Watch a little bit of his of his tape. He's hard running. He's he's silky. He can go forward and kick goals. Uh, and that year of Sanford under his belt, I think, will make him a uh, round one player uh, for the Kangaroos. In the prelim loss uh, that the South Adelaide Panthers had uh, playing against you know men, he had twenty four disposals and three goals. I think he's ready to go. Um, yeah, I think it is a big advantage for him to have a full year of footy. Uh, under his belt against men uh, where a lot of, you know, the Victorian kids, uh, as talented as, as as they may be, haven't played much footy and a lot of them haven't played against men. So I think Jason Horn francis uh, will be one to watch this year. I think he'll make immediate impact. And two, we had Sam Darcy going to the Western Bulldogs. Mm. So in uh, a father-son pick there, yep. he's actually he's eight centimetres taller than his old man who played, uh, you know, ruck in the 90s for the dogs. Uh, and he's pretty versatile. So most lot, they've got Tim English. Mm-hmm. So most likely not going to go into the ruck unless it's maybe a chop-out kind of guy. Uh, he could play full forward. He could go centre-half forward. Um, the thing is with, you know, with, with young talls, young ruckmen, pretty hard to make an immediate impact. He's, he's got a fair size about him for an 18-year-old, 93 kgs. Yep. He'll often need to hit the strong room uh, a fair bit over summer and chuck on a few. Don't see him starting round one. The Western Bulldogs, you know, coming off a uh, you know a grand final appearance. And like you yeah. said, they've got Johnny English in front of him. So. Johnny English, that's right. Shout out to uh, Mr. Bean, John, Johnny English. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, probably see Sam Darcy getting a few uh, games under his belt this year. Someone who I think will play uh, a fair bit of footy this year is Finn Callahan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the GWS Giants are taking him third pick. He's He's got that modern frame, you know, that big... Tall, strong inside midfielder, kind of like a Marcus Bontempelli or a Patrick Cripps, if you will. Mm. 
the fourth pick and arguably the most talented guy coming out of the draft being Nick Dacos. Uh, the, it was nice scenes to see him uh, getting his name called uh, for the club, you know, where his old old man, Pete Dacos, is a legend. And his older brother, Josh, has, has got a few games under his uh, belt. That's so. That's why I got confused. I was like, I'm sure I saw Nick playing this year. It was his brother. <laughs> it was his brother. <laughs> it was his brother. He, he, he may just be the most skilled player coming out of the draft. And Collingwood, by all reports, uh, may have won this draft because they didn't actually have to give up. They didn't have to trade up too much uh, to, to get their man in Nick Dacos. He, he kind of looks like a Zach Merritt that can just get bulk ball. Um, not, not a huge frame at the moment. He, he may want to chuck on a few kgs. Yeah, it's, um, it's 73 kgs. Yeah, you probably want him to get up closer to 80 like the other boys are. So. But, uh, yeah, probably the big and probably the biggest name to come out of this draft. Uh, mm-hmm. I was having a look at the Instagrams. Uh, he's pushing about 50k followers where, uh, you know, a lot of the other boys were, were struggling for about 10. Uh, so, yeah, look, look for him to play a fair bit this year. Pick five may have been the first surprise in Mac Andrew mm-hmm. going to the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, the highest player ever drafted uh, of Sudanese heritage um, out of the Dandenong Stingrays. Um, some of his footage, man, like ruck, like de- destroying the, the other rucks that he's playing against, but then mm-hmm. nimble on his feet for a big man. Silky, mm-hmm. used it mm-hmm. well, athletic as fuck. The pr- big question mark around him is he, he, he he's listed as 74 kgs, so you can't imagine at, at two, 201 centimetres. Uh, it's a pretty common thing for Sudanese players. Like, it's... it's start, start... Well, Majak Dor, it, yeah, you know, the, the, bloke, the bloke was like a brick shit house a few years a few years into his career, but very, very lean starting off. But yeah, you see the same thing when they go into the basketball, et cetera, as well. They're all very lean and um, early, thin to early get on. early on. And, yeah... Get him in the, in the gym. Get him into the professional, um, you know, weight room. Probably put on. Oh, depends 30, on how for, thirty kilo. Like, yeah, like maybe it, not. I was thinking twenty. Like get him into that ninety five range. Yeah, where you want. It's probably where you want him. And, and I'm not. So, I'm not saying in this off season, but I think no, no, in the next three, three years, years. Yeah, exactly. yeah he probably needs to chuck on about thirty kgs. But but watching the way he moves for a man of his height. Uh, unbelievable, uh, and the vertical leap on him uh, really quite impressive. Uh, moving forward uh, to, we'll just cover the top ten picks uh, and and maybe these uh, last five out of the top ten uh, reasonably quickly. Josh Rochelle uh, goes to Adelaide from the Murray Bush Rangers. Uh, he actually chose AFL over soccer. Um, uh, had Melbourne City making some a few phone calls, and his skills show it. Uh, he's been likened to Toby Green. Uh, which which would you know? That's so he's not a grub like football. Or <laughs> well, I, I don't know about off the field, but uh, <laughs> look, he's a good looking rooster with excellent skills, and Adelaide could definitely use a <laughs> uh, a goal sneak that could have a run through the middle like himself. Mm-hmm. Josh Ward going to Hawthorne at pick seven. Uh, this is an interesting one because his great grandfather actually played for the Hawks in the nineteen twenties, and then since then, no family ties. Uh, he's a hard-nosed inf- uh, midfielder from Melbourne Grammar. I expect he will get some games straight away this year. And then Frio, we'll talk about pick eight and pick ten together. Fremantle, they had four picks this year, and they picked everyone out of out of Perth, out of WA. Yeah, uh, so nice. I don't know if there's a little bit of salt in the wounds from the Adam Chera, uh, you know, homesickness, wanting to go back to Melbourne. If that was playing into it. They, it's always a concern. It's always a concern out west. Um, so that, they, they went dry, a miss. Uh, who is a uh, a sharp shooting um, full forward? I think he kicked something like fifty one fifteen or something this year uh, over in the waffle. 
And uh, and then Neil Erasmus, the South African-born, uh, a very good cricketer by all accounts, um, uh, inside midfielder, uh, apparently strong, hard tackler, uh, been likened to Jack Steele. Uh, so two really good picks there for Frio. And Richmond, you don't normally see Richmond with a high pick uh, as of late, uh, but they went with a key defender, Josh Gibkiss, out of Western uh, Victorian Rebels. Uh, and he's he said himself uh, in the interview that he likens him, his own game to Jake Lever. The, the funny story out of him is he actually topped out the vertical leap <laughs> at the combine because they were doing it inside and they they couldn't go higher. So he's he's got an absolute uh, – he's got his spring loaded and, uh, and maybe a little bit of a, a question mark around Richmond's tactics here. Uh, Richmond was uh, actually the number one intercept marking team this year uh, and, and a pretty handy back line as is. But sometimes you just take the best guy available. So that's uh, maybe the thinking there with Job, Josh Gibkiss. Uh, and that, that rounds out the top 10. Well, just well, just while we're on Richmond, because um, of Dusty Martin the, in the in the, in the the news this week, of course, because he's back at training, uh, well, back doing um, light work, getting ready for the preseason or getting into the preseason for the Tigers. Um, good to see. So yeah. yeah, good to see after what the laceration of the kidney. The kidneys, kidney. So. Yeah, never, never a good time when organs are involved. Um, you know, coming from a bloke that spent a week in intensive care yeah. after after doing a spleen. Um, so yeah, you know, you obviously want to be a little bit more cautious, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. Dust, Dusty will be you know ready for a big preseason, and he'll be rip roaring uh, in round one. Uh, yeah, I suppose the other big story there is his buddy Franklin Marks. Uh, he's he's, he's Back at preseason yeah. and looking, he's got his eyes on a thousand. That's it, yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't think it was too much n- noteworthy news. I think it was just um, he was back um, in one of the first sessions, um, getting around all the new guys as well, yeah. Um, sort of showing them around the club and stuff. So, yeah, I guess good to see him back and hopefully make that, um, well, yeah, hit that thousandth goal. Oh, should do it easy. He's what? He's 20 yeah. away? No, not a, I think he's like no. seven. Away. Very close, yeah. Yeah. Um, just real quick, back on Frio. So do you reckon they chose all WA players just because they could only get WA players in the state? <laughs> Good question, <laughs> McGowan. <laughs> They're loud back in the over the border. Yeah, yeah mate, Mark McGowan. Uh, yeah. Good point uh, there, just kidding. Yeah. Just kidding. No, no, no fuck, <laughs> fuck him. He's he's a knob. <laughs> All right, let's let's stay local um, and cover some NRL news quickly, mostly around uh, player movement. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll probably save uh, Brendan Smith for the end. Mm-hmm. Um, officially, the Dolphins have signed their first current NRL player. They have one other bloke currently signed, but he hasn't actually played any NRL games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did get a good one in Felicity Kofusi from mm-hmm. the Melbourne Storm, second rower, plays... Uh, for Queensland as well. Plenty of origin experience. One of the better back rowers in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, not that marquee signing, I suppose, in, you know, a Munster or looking less likely uh, being, being achieved. Well, they're, they're after Kerrigan and Walsh as well and both re-signed with their current clubs yeah, in Brisbane and yeah. Storm. Pat Kerrigan coming off that ACL uh, will will go mm-hmm. back and uh, be, be the skipper for the Broncos in round one. Yep. Uh, don't worry. They'll have some uh, cash to splash. There'll be a few big names uh, well, he- heading heading up to Redcliffe uh, in the near future, yeah. but which probably leads into the story about Brandon Smith because supposedly he'd given guarantees and essentially was 
ready to go to the Dolphins to the point that they pulled out of the Reed Marnie conversation and the Reed mm-hmm. Marnies ended up going to the Dogs. Uh, it's now looking like Brandon Smith's going to the Roosters after said podcast. Um, mm. And then oh, all the blow up from said podcast too much swearing, too much chatter about piss up culture at the storm, to, you know, uh, of course, shitting all over the storm, saying how awesome the Roosters are. So looking likely he'll sign with the Roosters and go there. What are your thoughts on this, Peps? Uh, around the drinking culture. and uh, It's fucking NRL. <laughs> are you surprised? <laughs> <laughs> These boys were doing lines of coke after yeah. the grand final. Like, come on. Look, not condoning, look, not, not condoning it, but if it's news to you that rugby league players <laughs> like to let their hair down when the season finishes and have a few drinks... Uh, then maybe fucking grow up. Yeah. You know, I've spoken about it before. If you want role models, you know, let's look at some fucking poets or yeah. some politicians, a Nelson Mandela, if you will. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where <laughs> poetry came from. I probably couldn't tell you a poet. But what I can tell you is if you want some <laughs> fucking role models for your kids, probably look outside <laughs> of rugby league. Yeah, that, that's yes. all I'm saying. Yeah. He, what, he used some bad words. Yeah, well, he, he, used, he, used the, he said fuck 61 times in an hour podcast, and I think you've probably already covered that in, the, in <laughs> an hour hour. So I doubt, I don't think I doubt I'll, I'll look back on that. I reckon I'm less than 61 yeah, Give us a count. We'll get the, the counter started on the YouTube <laughs> video. But also, it's 2021, and if you – Get your feelings hurt by a little bit of a f word, then maybe you need to grow up. That's yeah. that's my that's my personal feeling. <laughs> you need to grow the fuck up. Um, the, well, the other thing, we're though, getting cancelled. The, the, the other thing that I think is worth talking about is 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 the chat about him saying I want to be in a Roosters jersey whilst he's still contracted at the Storm. That that's for me is is more of the talking point here. Is that disrespectful to your teammates? Is it does it show lack of commitment to your current team? Well, it depends. It depends on the question he was asked, and he's just being honest. Like if if the question was like, "Hey, we've heard you've been in Sydney doing the tour. What do you think of the Sydney clubs you've been visiting?" Mm. And his answer is, well, I went to the Roosters. They are fucking amazing. I love I love the, the what they're doing there. Of the comparison to the other Sydney teams he's visited, yep. that's a fair answer. And he probably knows what looks good because he's played at the Storm and played in a couple of grand finals. So, yeah. Like it, it, context matters, I think, in this in this point. Sure. So, um, and the Roosters have big-name players go there all the time. How do you think they got Ted Desco? How do you think they got Sonny Bill to come back multiple times? They can sell the club to, to players. The Sombrero. So, yeah, exactly. We'll cu- a couple of Hiluxes, a couple... Pass me um, that Sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of Mercedes on the side, like it helps. Look, and this is all allegedly, allegedly... Take the mullet off. There you go. Here we go. <laughs> I'll whack the For those watching at home, that's how they do it. As a Dragons fan, I'm meant to hate them, but you have to admire what their front office does. They get the sombrero out and they lure big-time players. And, yeah, if I'm Brandon Smith and the Roosters are offering me somehow the same money that the, the Redcliffe Dolphins are offering me, where do you think I'm going? Where oh, exactly. Like, if you – the Dolphins, if they follow the same trajectory as the Cowboys did or the Titans did when they came to the league, probably not going to be good for a couple of years. Um, hopefully, can they follow the same trajectory that the Melbourne Storm did, who had immediate impact winning in their second year? Yes, so that that's the hope, and they've got to also um, <laughs> sign some more blokes before we get to that point. So we we'll have to see what they've that got answers. A coach, though, yeah, they do have the goat um, coaching him up there. Um, but if you're looking for a comparable team, how about the uh, the Roosters, where they had a team of backups, so make it deep into the finals, like mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, with all. 
yeah, with all the guys coming back healthy and then where that squad looks like, playing with the spine, you know, got the Tedesco in there. Um, yeah, and um, uh, Kiri back there too. Yeah, so. Kiri, Kiri being out this year, people kind of forget how good Luke Kiri is. Mm. Yeah, and then you, you tie him up with Brendan Smith and he's going to play the full 80, like as if you wouldn't go there. They've got a good forward pack. Mm-hmm. You join mm-hmm. there, joining that. So, hey, that's – why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Agreed, agreed, agreed. And again, to reiterate, if the F word offends you, um, don't listen to podcasts. What's what's so speaking of that? Uh, what do you think of? Um, I think I saw a report about uh, uh, journos. Yeah, you know the Buzz Rothwells of the world, mm. etc. Um, you know, of course, all all the chat of. Um, uh, the the negative chat coming from that podcast is coming from these blokes, and then they re- wonder why they don't get access to these players and why they're going onto podcasts to to do these kind of interviews and be, be open, honest. They can be candid. They can be honest. Yeah. Shout out to Bloke in a Bar, uh, an excellent rugby league podcast. Yep. If you want to listen to mm-hmm. anything about the NFL or off season, I'd probably listen to us. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's just my own <laughs> personal opinion. But he gets he gets shout out to Dan and Cam. He gets big guys. You know, coming in, he had Paul Vaughan, you know, last week after the, the you know, big, big scandal around, you know, him him this year and get him in to talk candidly. They don't want to go in there and get grilled by... Buzz by, or some other... Yeah, by some Daily Telegraph, Daily yeah, Telegraph yeah, person. Murdoch but journalist. when they can go in and talk candidly in modern media. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. Fuck. The... The mainstream media, they're they're happy to lie. They're happy they're happy to propagate um They've got fear, their own agendas. They're so. happy to fear monger. We've seen over and over again with COVID. They're happy to, you know, not let the truth get in the way of a good story, but as soon as you start swearing, oh, oh, oh you're, you're, you're the bad guy. Uh, yeah. It's the, the old whites, as we like to talk about, come out and <laughs> you know, the NFL with their ta- taunting rules, etc. Anyway, it's yeah. bumhole league for a reason. Um, no, you know who the bumhole league is? Mainstream media. Get a rocket up, <laughs> yeah. That's the end of that story. <laughs> uh, so let's let's finish up with the dogs. So Gus Gould, uh, hard at work, came out that uh, Kickout was going to sign with the dogs from 2023, yep. finishing up with the Panthers. We spoke about it last uh, pod. There was a little bit of you know scandal, I suppose, about the leaked security footage yep. uh, with you know with him with Gus and Baz there. Uh, the funniest thing that has happened since then was the the grand final uh, parade weekend before last, and Jerome Luai's got his phone and he's just got Billy Army in the background just going doggies, doggies. <laughs> so a bit of a bit of a laugh between them. Uh, he he's an excellent excellent edge back row, definitely top five at that position in the game. This dogs team leading me into the Reed Marnie signing mm-hmm. uh, of this time about a week ago. I was actually I was having a chat at work with a few of the boys and I was saying, tell you what, this dogs team is is looking unreal, but I'm I'm just not sold on their spine. And then about two days later the news comes out that Reed Marnie has put pen to paper with Canterbury Bulldogs and they're starting to look like a legitimate force. I've got two questions, boys. How the fuck did Parramatta let him go? And with this signing of Reed Marnie, are the Dogs a top eight or possibly top four team? Well, they'll win more games than they have been. Let's put it that way. Yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's the safe bet. You Agreed. can't go the other way. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be any worse than they have been in the past. Para, top, top eight? Top eight? Uh, 
Maybe. I think on paper that they've got too much talent not to make the eight next year. Um, maybe a year away chemistry-wise. Mm-hmm. Maybe it takes them a year. Mm. Um, and to, some, to and some of these guys, like, like Kikau, yeah. won't be coming until 2023. Exactly. They, they could be... I think they might be like ninth or tenth. Like they, I think they'll get them to have a sniff. Okay, but the doggies will have a sniff. Um, but whether they get in or not, we'll have to see. So I, I think legitimately they'll be a top eight side. I won't go as far as saying to go from wooden spoon to top four. It's no, pre- pretty unusual to do that. I think jump, the yeah. Roosters have done that before, but mm. yeah, pretty unlikely to do that. But I'll, I'll back them in. Uh, look. Again, Dragons man, not a big fan of the Canterbury Bulldogs. Uh, shout out to Andrew Burns, Jared Ross, uh, some of our best mates. If you're listening, uh, absolutely drive me out the wall with your fucking incessant <laughs> chat after your team's been shit for many years. Uh, but in, in in all respect to the doggies, I think that they will find themselves climbing up the ladder this year and and probably into the top eight for mine. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. So... Uh, on para, because um, they didn't just lose Reed, they lost someone else. Well, I think they lost a couple other guys through the week as well. What going is going elsewhere. on? What is going on with that club? I don't know. But he, that, Reed Marnie was the most improved hooker in the NRL. Well, this he, year. he's almost played for Queensland. Like he was that close, barring a shoulder injury. So pay the man. Like yeah. p- pay the man. I don't know whether they're just paying a couple of guys overs and they don't have the room anymore, or or. The guys are aware, like, maybe our window is not really that open and we need to go elsewhere. Maybe it's Brad Alpha, who knows. Gus, you got it. The Z is the Gus factor. Like, we're talking about the Roosters selling um, players on clubs. Yep. Yep. Um, Gus, you know, he, he though he may be not great on commentary and a, a bit a bit past it on the way that you, you probably prefer commentary to be had. Yeah, it uh, really gives me the shits on <laughs> when I listen to him commentate. However, but, but he's still considered like a godfather in the rugby league space. Yeah, and, and there's a reason the for The boys that. respect him for Yeah, that, there's so. a reason for that. You look at Pendrith, and though he's no longer there, he put the pieces in place to get to the point where they are now. Yeah. Um, so, hey, that's not a hard sell for the for doggies and for players potentially going to the Bulldogs, especially when they're throwing good money at them. Yep, the godfather. Um, yes. So, final bit of doggies news uh, means... Um, they are, have spent a lot of money, and they may need to find a bit of money to keep uh, to keep them, you know, propped up well under the salary cap. With uh, Nick Kotrick looking like he could be on the move, mm. uh, potentially looked like he was coming back to the Raiders because Bailey Simonson, I think, is signed elsewhere. Uh, so there is room uh, as a direct replacement for Kotrick to come back. But uh, a late entrant into that conversation was the Tigers, who themselves have their own NRL godfather and Tim Sheen mm. over there helping them. And they should have some money because yes. every single big movement in the NRL, they seem to miss out on. Yeah, so yeah. you'd think that they would have some money to well, throw around. It looks around. like they may lose uh, Luai as well, um, uh, not Joey, the, the other brother. Or cousin. Leilua. Leilua, sorry. Yeah. Um, so he could be on the move elsewhere, going, potentially going back to Par- going to Parramatta um, as an option. Uh, so, yeah, Tigers should have lots of money um, to throw around. So whether if Kotrick wants to stay in in uh, Sydney and play for another shit team or he comes <laughs> back to the place for the Raiders. and What would you do? It, what would be the under-overs for you to choose the West Tigers over coming home? It depends on I'd, like the difference of money. Like I'd the, want at least 150 grand more. Oh, easy to, to yeah. go to the West Tigers. Yeah. If the Tigers give me 800k a year and I think I'm a 600k player, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm, I'm taking that, that money. But, but in terms of your career, look, the Raiders were a little bit disappointing this year, but I still think they will bounce back fairly well in 2022. 
Uh, yeah, and and coming home, uh, yeah, I'd think he'd want at least 100, 150 grand more mm. to, to go to West Tigers. Yep. And the Tigers like to play pay overs, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up Especially there. Especially for like wingers as well, like, I, I, you know. Because how old's Cotri? Like, he's... He's young. 26? Like, nah, like nah, he'd be 23, I reckon. Well, exactly. Like, if three-year deal at Toggies, uh, the Doggies, maybe 800k a year, um, do that, and then at that point, you're 26, 27, mm. come back to the Raiders, like, and then play the the back end of your career at the Raiders. Like, Cotri's 23. Yeah, so easy. Make, make your cash and then come back and settle, like. Want to be good cash to go to Balmain, I'd reckon. Oh, big time. On Bailey Simonson. Yeah, it looks like he is potentially signing with the Eels. Yeah. Yeah, so going full circle there. Yeah, because I think there might be a Ferguson replacement who's off contract. Well, off contract. He's released. Potentially going Super League of France. Yeah, it was that rugby union. Yeah. So, well, speaking Speak of... Speaking of... Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> James Seguiaro. Yeah. The Segi, <laughs> way There's something there. Uh, the only bit of rugby news we've got, um, potentially talking about the... Some kicking things. Uh, the World Cup for 2027, potentially coming to Australia. I don't think it's a done deal, but it's pretty close to a done deal is what I'm hearing. Um I can't remember if it's more if it's Brisbane. I think it's Brisbane. Is it Brisbane that are going to hold the World Cup? James, have you got any news there? Well, they'd have it all around Australia, but I like as a a base, as in it'd be Brisbane predominantly, and then play a couple of matches elsewhere. What have you got on our favourite sport, rugby union? Yep. Um, so all I've got is World Rugby is hoping to award the bids for the twenty seven and thirty one World Cup. Um. Got a date on when that announcement may it occur? It says by May 2022, so sometime so age, year. Like six months, six months. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, we've spoken at length on this podcast about the demise of rugby union in this country. If there's anything that the ARU could could get onto that, that, <laughs> may, that may, yeah, that may kind of boost a bit of popularity, a bit of TV viewership, a bit of fucking chat down the pub about rugby union would be would be landing a rugby union world cup yep mm. um myself personally big rugby league fan growing up but i remember those 03 you know rugby union johnny wilkinson i remember those 07 world cups when we were still kind of a force uh you know i remember being intrigued intrigued by those world cups and then kind of in the last sort of 20 years. <laughs> no, I'd say, I'd say 10. I'd say 10. I'd say 10 where, you know, the All Blacks just yeah, domi- dominating and, and Australia not being able to really perform that well at really waning interest in, in, in the sport of rugby union. So if there's anything that might grab the attention of the casual fan, it might be getting a home. Do you know what World they're going to do this? They'll win this World Cup and then they'll put all the matches on stand. Probably, <laughs> probably. But at least it's here. <laughs> yeah. At least, like, come on. Like, if there's a game at Canberra Stadium, at yeah, Canberra yeah. Stadium, you know, we're probably not going to get Australia. But fuck, if we, if we got, you know, some some well, anyone in the top I'd, four, like, I'd probably go them. watch. I'd probably go watch like, South Africa. I'd probably, yeah. You know, you go, go watch, watch any game in Canberra. Yeah. You go yeah. watch England versus Argentina in, in, or some shit yeah, like that. Like, in Canberra, yeah. Yeah. So by all reports, if we got Namibia versus Georgia, you know. 
I probably wouldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, by all reports, Australia's the front runner yes. um, to get that gig. Um, that being said, it is either between, so the announced bidders are Australia, Russia, and um, the United States. Oh, well, there's the counter-argument, Gro- growth of the game. Growth of the game, big audiences, possibly big money behind uh, hosting, especially in the US, I reckon, that, that you yeah, know, it, it, college rugby is, it's a thing, you know. It, it is a thing. Like, I was thinking about it. Thing, it is yeah. a thing, probably more so. But then Russia, with well, Europe as big rugby, and Russia being, of course, east of that. So whether that... Uh, you know, I don't you'd, know much. You'd hope for the state of rugby <laughs> in this country yeah. that, that we are the front runners yes. against Russia and the yes. US. Yeah. Unless it comes to, you know, who's got more nuclear warheads or something. <laughs> but in terms of who would be, be better off to host the Rugby World Cup, you'd hope it would be the land down under. Yeah. 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 Uh, did it mention any location in there or just Australia's front runners? Um, yeah, they've got, so they've got locations. So there's a couple of... Obviously, a couple uh, arenas in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Uh, they name well, pretty much every everywhere: Brisbane, okay. Perth, everywhere. Um, so it'd be a couple of Melbourne, Townsville, which would be all right. Shout. Yep, um, got a good new ground up there. Yep, they do have Canberra listed as well as Ooh. Gold Coast, Newcastle. They should. Let's go Namibia versus Georgia, twenty twenty seven. I'll see you there. Uh, all right, uh, enough rugby. Let's let's <laughs> let's talk about something we we do enjoy. Well uh, said. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's yep. get stuck into the NFL hour. Uh, so some NFL news. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend, of course, was very great. Lots of points. A uh, bit less upsets than we than previous weeks, but there's still a lot of great games. Uh, there's a fair bit of news kind of leading into it. I think the Jets had all the COVID um, with their quarterbacks. Uh, you know, a bit of player movement up and down. Um, I think, what was it, um, Trey... Uh, was what's the corners the Buffalo corner um, Tr- White Tredavious White Tredavious White did his ACL, which is a big injury for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of injuries, probably the big one for the Panthers, and we got uh, classic Cam Newton because of it. Mm. Uh, I'm back, baby. Uh, CMC did his ankle injury, um, had an ankle injury. He's out mm. for the season. Um, mm. Was number one pick in most players' drafts. I think he was one number one last year in most people's drafts mm-hmm. as well. Um, and then that kind of reverted Cam back to was he nine and twenty one, two picks sat on the bench. Um, so yeah, that that only lasted a week. Man, you just feel bad for CMC. Like so, so much talent. He played three games last year before um, you know his injury, and then what have we got? Seven games out of him this year. Mm. Uh, had the hamstring injury, missed a bit, and now he's had this, you know, lateral ankle sprain. I think when it happened, it was pretty innocuous. He played on, didn't seem that bad, and then he's had the scans. And I'm, I was hard uh, done by trying to find out actually what the extent of this injury is. Mm. Uh, but by all reports, he's, he's done for the year. And it's it's really been a horrible year for, for running backs. Obviously, Derek Henry. Well, I, I, saw, I saw the source of stats, so... Of the running backs own earning over 15 mil a year, mm. um, all of them are injured. Uh, the only one that hasn't been, I think, is Zeke. And Zeke, they're talking yeah. about resting mm. Zeke. Like Kamara has missed a bunch of games, but yep. I think he's going to be, <laughs> be back. Um, he's potentially back, back this week. This week, but of course he's been, been injured. So, yeah, kind of leads to the point with me of the legs, kind of that direction of get him in young, mm. wear, wear him out, get him out, get him in young. 
Um, they the, want the, them to play another game, yeah. extra game this season. Yeah, true, <laughs> but, but <laughs> they, they need to pay them more. Why? Why? Well, that, that, well, that, that's yeah. the thing. The big, the big second, because it's usually a second contract, your big one. Mm-hmm. Your big contract by that point is um, you have to be overly elite. Uh, but even if you are, it's very hard to skip that injury bug just because of the position you play. Like, mm. It's very much a young ma- young's man's position. They yeah. get you in three, four years. We've got you, you know, you've got too much trade on your tyres. Out you go. Second round pick comes in. Um, we save money that way. We don't mm. have to pay big cash. And then we've got fresh fresh legs, fresh bodies um, to, t- to take those hits. It's, um, sad, it's kind of sad to see, man. The NFL, not for long. Um, oh, and, and not at all. Like, yeah. And you, you think about Henry, what he's done, and then now you worry about Henry with those kind of injuries. Like... When I think about it, AP is probably the only modern guy kind of going around, um, well, still around, that's kind of had that lasting effect of a 15-year kind of yeah, career at the like, position. Like an old-school running back. Yeah, him, Frank Gore, they're the only ones that really come yeah, to Frank, name. Frank, Frank Gore is a good good point but, there. But everyone else, it's... What about, look, you think of a guy like Todd Gurley, you know? Two, two, three years ago, just about the best running back in football, when, and now... Can't get a gig. Doesn't have a job. It's Bad um, knees, they can't can't pay what he wants, and yeah. Well, you look at the Ravens; they had three different Pro Bowl, former Pro Bowlers from a couple of years ago coming in, coming in, and, yeah. and they're just rotating them out. They cut Bell um, a couple of weeks ago because he just wasn't doing enough, and and yeah, like that's Bell's only been in the league what seven years, like yeah, yeah, if that, yeah. yeah. The so, position seems to have the biggest cliff in terms of performance, like. Well, have over, it or you don't. Yeah, over thirties. Like you look at over thirties and yeah. running backs in the oh, league, there isn't many. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. A few um, Frank Gore a few years ago. But yeah, and AP. Like that. That's that's it for guys getting jobs and actually getting carries. Yeah, yeah it's very very light on. Like it's Indeed. yeah, mm. hit hit a cliff and then they off you go and we'll get the next young guy coming out of college that's ready raring to go. So yeah, it's a very tough position. So speaking of which, uh, AP of course was waived by the Titans after three games. It looks mm. like he's signing on to the practice squad for the Seahawks. Um, it didn't look too bad, but I think he averaged three yards of carry or slightly under. Mm. Um, and they had some younger fellas there that were doing okay. Yeah, so that sort of Dontrell uh, Hilliard having a absolute game uh, last weekend, and, and Deonta Foreman's looking not too bad. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know it's it's just cutthroat, isn't it? You're talking about a former NFL MVP, uh, probably the best running back of this generation, and he lasts three weeks at the Titans before getting moved on. Mm-hmm. So about cutthroat as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Gi- that's right. <laughs> the Giants have fired the OC Jason um, Garrett. Kind of expected, um, of course, the head coach for the Cowboys uh, formerly. Uh, fair, f- fair few years as the Cowboys head coach. Yeah, well, questions there of uh, whether he had something over Jerry Jones or Jerry Jones liked him because he was a yes man. Like there was, there's a bit of that to it. Mm-hmm. As an offensive mind, probably a little bit past it as a coordinator is all the thoughts. Like the um, all the chat on the Giants' offense was it's pretty garbage uh, from a play design, mm-hmm. but uh, it's also been a very banged up offense too. So well, most of the year you haven't had Saquon Barkley a. a Number four pick overall mm. in the NFL. They've barely had any receivers. Yeah, I think their top four receivers are currently injured. So, so yeah. I don't know. Ingram's only just come back. But yeah, it's yeah, it, it's hard, isn't it? It's yeah. hard. it's you, you expected to deliver week in and week out, and if you don't have your best chess pieces, how are you meant to do it? Yeah, well, even still, I think they were probably looking for something more 
more inspiring and it was uninspiring football they were playing. So, hey, easy neck to get rid of. Scapegoat, if yeah, you will. Yeah, I guess, I guess. Um, save judge, uh, the judge for another couple of weeks. Uh, hopefully can string a couple of wins together and save his season because um, I think it's his first year there, isn't it? Or second. Uh, Max will be able to chase that one for up. For the job judge. I just want to go back to Jason Garrett. With his pedigree, do you think he picks up a major coaching role somewhere else? He won't, not a head coaching role. No, no. Offensive coordinator? A, a coordinator somewhere? Mm, I don't think so. He's not that old. He's n- he's not that old. Um, I just don't – and you know what the league likes. He, he's not that old, but he's older than the young, talented guys that come through into those mm. kind of positions. They want the new, you know, Brimsfire and – the, the new uh, smoke mirrors, whatever it is, they want the new new thing on the block, which usually comes from the guys in college. So it wouldn't surprise me if Jason maybe goes back to the college ranks to at least get a head coaching gig mm. somewhere or even an offensive coordinator gig because I don't – I think the NFL's probably worn, worn him out. Yeah. Like, worn out his, his ability and they, they know what he's got and he needs to go prove himself somewhere. So he was head coach for the Cowboys for 10 years. 10, um, ten years? Winning percentage was... How many um, playoff games did they win? Not many. Not many. Um, I, I think it might be like one. <laughs> no, they won two playoff games out there of five. <laughs> two, <there you> go. <laughs> two out of five. Uh, um, I'll see you one and I'll raise you two. <laughs> That's it. Not um, a lot, I think, is the point. Regular season, it was um, 56%. It's not um, bad. About. So, not not yeah. bad, but for, for, for a Cowboys, percentage. America's team. High expectations. Very high expectations. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he was yeah, OC for the Giants for two years. Um, and Joe Judge has been with the Giants for two years. His winning percentage is through 37%. Yeah, Sack him. Sack. <laughs> Have his head. The Giants stink, though. So. Um, that's all. Just play. You, you do you, Joe here. Judge. Yeah. Those, those injuries. Yeah. Anyways, should we preview the Week 13 games? We have Thursday Night Football, an interesting NFC matchup tomorrow. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, uh, they're 7-4. and four. They've dropped a couple of games of late against the New Orleans Saints, who mm. have dropped four on the trot mm. uh, since beating the uh, Super Bowl champs in the Buccaneers. Uh, they've lost to Atlanta, Tennessee, Philadelphia and Buffalo. The boys last week, Thanksgiving, they lost to the Raiders. It wasn't upset. Their offense was okay, but their defense looked like the defense of, of last year, giving up 36 points to the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders, they, they could move the ball uh, through the air and through the ground against them. Uh, and the Saints, they were pretty ordinary against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, do we have any news on Alvin Kamara? If you wouldn't mind chasing that one up, Monks, we will talk about Taysom Hill. He got a yeah. another big deal in the last uh, week or so. Yeah, odd deal. It's well, not re- odd. It's a it's a it's incentive heavy. It was a new age kind of deal where it's uh, and you know first player probably of this kind of deal. Um, they didn't want to pay him backup or starting quarterback money like they had in the past. Mm. So they've basically gone well. Uh, if you play tight end, you'll get this much money. If you do become starting quarterback, you'll get this much money. Mm-hmm. And I think it's from like forty mil guaranteed to ninety six. Yeah, it's, so it's, it, it's 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 very open, isn't it? Very open, and it really depends on how he plays and what position he plays. 
by all accounts, it looks like he may start this week because um, Trevor Simeon, after that game against the Bucks where he came in and played, has regressed to typical Trevor Simeon and uh, uh, has kind of flamed out in recent weeks. Um, noting, of course, he probably doesn't have many weapons and his main no. role is to hand off to Alvin. And without Kamara, that makes it very difficult for him to complete his indeed, job. Indeed, indeed. So, yeah, um, that deal, uh, very interesting. We'll have to see, well, it, again, like we said, puts it on Taysom to to succeed uh, in whatever position he does. Either way, he's still getting paid pretty well. Very well, very handsomely. Uh, do we have any news there on Alvin Kamara? It's probably a 50-50. Is that fair to say for this weekend? Any practice? Do you practice yeah, yesterday? Yes, day-to-day. Um, I don't think he has been. I can't find that. Okay. Um, the expectation is that he won't play. Um, That's good because I'm uh, playing you in fantasy. I know. Uh, I was thinking that. Yeah, and mm. I think Mark Ingram for their backup is also – he didn't play last week. Tony Jones, Tony Jones, yeah, is, is and the well, did nothing unfortunately for the Saints. Um, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't matter; he still won. Um, <laughs> so only just. Uh, what do you reckon? Here, I think the Saints are, are they're on a slippery slope. They've lost four in a row. I don't think Dallas are that bad. Uh, I have gone the Dallas Cowboys here on yeah. Thursday night football. Tyson uh, at quarterback, uh, no Kamara mean no wins for the Saints. I'm going Cowboys. Max, you're tipping the odds if you wouldn't mind. Yep, I'm going Cowboys as well. Um, they are favourites at $1.46. The Saints are out at $2.74 at the moment. We have a line of four and a half and total match points of 47 and a half. Don't get I don't like any of that. I don't think mm. the Saints will score enough points. Yeah, I was going to say that. Their offence has, yeah, their offense has been pretty luckluster without their talent. Back there, mm. and they are missing a lot of talent. So, um, okay, early Sunday game. Uh, we'll kick off with the New York Giants taking on the Miami Dolphins. What I did see interesting this week through 16 games for Tua, his comparison against Kyler Murray, uh, in every major quarterback category is ahead. And Kyler Murray did win rookie of the year that year, so that is very interesting, yeah. But of course, Tua has oh, he's 16 games spread over a much longer sure, period. Yeah. But as a direct comparison for 16 versus 16, I thought that was interesting. Um, so he, the only one he didn't have, I think he had better touchdowns, better intercepts, of course, less rushing yards. Passing yards, I think, was very comparable, like within 100 of each other. Mm-hmm. Percentage was better. Uh, win percentage, also better. He's won more games than Kyle, of course, playing for Card's team that went 1-15, mm. I think, the year before. Um, but I thought that was interesting. Tua gets a lot of hate. They they want Deshaun Watson, but he's been doing okay things for them. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's it's my both. thought. Yeah. They've won four in a row, so... Yep. Yep, uh, that helps them. And coming off that horrific injury that he suffered uh, at Alabama with the, his hip dislocating, yeah, I, I've been a big fan of 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 uh, of Tua and really want to see him succeed. It's been nice for me, kind of as you know, neutral. Couldn't really care how the Dolphins go um, to see him put four wins together. Yep. Yeah, but mm. well, the key thing with the Dolphins, you know, Jalen Waddle has been very good for him. He's coming on. The rookie wide receivers overall, as a, the first round has like been excellent they're all year, so they're killing they? it. So yeah, Chase Waddle, 
Kadarius Tony's yep. showed, shown flashes. Yeah, I think Moore was a late pick and he's played well. I think he might be oh, he the was early start second. of the second, but he's yeah. been like he's, he's been, been good. good. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about the Giants? They they had a big upset last week against the Eagles. Uh, Saquon, nice to see. Like, didn't have a huge game, but got got a little yeah. bit involved. And Kenny Galladay had his most involvement since week three. Uh, what do we think here, boys? I I think Miami keep rolling. I think they get the job done here against against the G Men and make it five in a row. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Miami for me. I switch my tips. I'm going Giants. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Why? I don't know. No reason. I honestly have no reason. What's the odds um, telling you in front of you? Well, that's the thing. Um, I picked Smokey this week. The Giants are underdogs at dollar twenty six. The Dolphins are a dollar fifty. Sorry, two dollars sixty. I don't know. You said dollar twenty six. How how did you get two dollars sixty to a dollar twenty? Oh, I get it. Yeah. Dyslexia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you've moved the decimal <laughs> places and added a one. Okay. I have. I have. <laughs> Is, yeah, yeah. Man, um, I hope you don't ever do my accounting. I, don't know, I have been. <laughs> don't come after me, OTA. <laughs> nah. Um, where was I? We have a line of four and a half. Um, total match points of 40 and a half. That's low. That's low. I wouldn't mind taking the overs on that, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I think they, these guys can both get there. Mm. Mm. The Dolphins' defense we didn't mention has been fucking lights out mm. in these four wins. They've allowed forty-six points and have had ten takeaways in the last four weeks. Dolphins' defense, keep an eye on them. Mm. Indy at Houston. Uh, the Colts did come off a loss against the Bucks last week. However, they've been playing some pretty good football. Jonathan Taylor found the end zone again. He had eighty-three yards on the ground. He had four. Four he, catches for 14 yards. And he did most of that damage in the last quarter because they, they ignored him for most of the game. I don't know why, but hey, the, the last quarter, they, they were like, let's go back to what we know um, and pound the rock, and they went down right down the Bucks' throat to kind of make that game close. He's very good at football. Mm. Monks, do you mind having a look at the MVP? I'm sure he's still fairly long. When Derek Henry was doing his thing, we still had him in like the And high, he's only just taken 20s. over Derek as well. With, yeah, but with it, that, he's, so. he's playing very, very well. I tell you who's not playing very, very well is the Houston Texans. Yeah. They cut Philip Lindsay. Who I think week. went to Miami as well. So oh, they pick him up. So yeah. he's at the Dolphins. And you as a Denver fan would have seen him tearing it up a yep. couple of years ago. Again, we speak about the running back market. It's, it is cutthroat. Especially for Lindsay as a smaller bloke as well. Like he's Five not, foot eight, isn't he? Yeah, and you know, 200 pounds-ish mm. if he can get there. Um, yeah, what, two, three years in Denver and then yeah, see you later. It is cut throat. I imagine we all have gone indie away yeah, here. They're playing way better football of late. Yep. Any any uh, odds there on Jonathan Taylor for MVP? Yeah, give us an MVP. Who's regular season? Is Tom one or is he? Yeah, he Tom's had a really good year. I, it should be fair. He's yep. forty five. <laughs> well, you've seen the battlefield ad. He, he was bloody MVP in twenty forty two or whatever it was. Playing at sixty something years old. Oh Fuck. my god. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tom Brady's favourite at four dollars. Um, Josh, Josh Allen's there. Yeah, five dollars close behind I him. I think he's had a bad month, so I don't. Th- I think that probably pushes him out of the conversation a little bit. Mm. Yeah, probably not where he was a few weeks ago, but but not too bad on the weekend, and and no reason why he he couldn't take it out. Yeah, who who it. comes in uh, after there? Yep. So after there, oh, 
always is um, up there. Aaron Rodgers at $7.50. Immunized yeah. baby. <laughs> yep. Um, and yeah, Jonathan Taylor. Um, he's Number coming four? in. One, two, nah, three, four, three, four, five, five six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I can <laughs> count to ten. He's the first skill position. Jonathan Him. Taylor. Yeah. It is ten. So, so yep. all of them are quarterbacks. All of them are quarterbacks. Can you just give me a run through the quarterbacks? Yep, sure. So the first three. Give me the next says six before we get to Jonathan Taylor. Yep. So we've got Colin Murray, <laughs> Patty Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. Dak Prescott, uh, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Matt Stafford, uh, then Jonathan Taylor. It's interesting that Murray, what was he, fifth or fourth? Fifth. Fourth. Fourth. fourth and he's missed three um, weeks. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> so... <laughs> Had, had he been playing every game, probably a shoo-in uh, to be favourite so far. Mm. Look, it's been a long time since a uh, running back has been the most valuable player in the NFL, but Jonathan Taylor's certainly putting his name forward. Uh, obviously, we've all gone the Colts here. Marks, if you wouldn't mind, yes. uh, the odds in this game, probably the line will be more interesting than the, than the head-to-head. Yep, so Colts are favourites, $1.20. One, um, Texans are out at four dollars forty-five at the moment. Mm-hmm. We have a line of five and a half, and total match points of forty-five and a half. Give me Colts minus five and a half all day, every day. Thank you very much. Would you go overs on that? Not sure. Don't care. I think I think the Colts cover that line. Mm. Um, just back on MVP as well. Mac Jones thirteen, seeing at eighty-one dollars at the moment. He's. Potentially firming as offensive rookie of the year. You know they like to mm. give it to quarterbacks. I think he will win that. Yeah, I think there's fuck all chance he oh. is MVP. But I, th- I think yeah. yeah, he will be the favorite for his competition is Chase, and I think Chase has been he's dropped off the last he, few. Yeah, weeks. he's yeah. been a little bit quiet the last yeah. couple of weeks. Like still putting up you know good numbers, but not the numbers he's putting up at the start of the first through, through the first seven weeks. Sure, I think. that's it. And yeah. we'll, we'll get to both of them uh, moving forward. Yeah. Uh, you look, you'd be very surprised if the Colts drop this game. Uh, moving forward, uh, another game which seems to be fairly one-sided, the Minnesota Vikings take on the Detroit Lions. Uh, the Vikings came off a loss to the 49ers, but it was uh, an interesting battle. Both managed to score a few points. Uh, Kenan Nwagu, I hope I said that right, he, uh, he's actually on two kickoff return touchdowns. Uh, Dalvin Cook went down and Madison came in for him, Monks, if you wouldn't mind chasing up his injury status. And Adam Thielen, White Claw, he has two, he had two touchdown catches and uh, it's been pretty handy for him. Uh, so the, that dual threat with him and Justin Jefferson, the Lions, man. Like, I'm a Packers fan, you meant to hate him, but yeah, I just feel sorry for him. <laughs> have you, a lot of the have time. you seen the pictures of um, Dan K? Campbell, mm. um, like from his press conference of his introduction to the Lions coach to his press conference from the wo- the loss on the weekend. Has he lost hair? <laughs> Not hair, but he looks like he's aged about ten years. So mm. uh, it is, yeah. You know, the Lions we knew were in a bu- in a tough spot. You know, Stafford's very much been holding that team together and kind of keeping them out of the bottom tier of teams for a very long time. But well, interesting to see him go to the Rams and be so good. Yeah. And we'll get to him in a well, second. We, we knew he was talented. Honestly, yeah. we knew he was talented. Yeah. They haven't been good since Megatron left. They've got nothing at receiver. Swift has been a good find for them. Injured, won't play in this game. Um, Jamal Williams will be the, the starter there. And they've got nothing on defense. So they're, they're a long way away. Vikings by a lot. Agreed. Uh, Vikings for mine. Um 
Monks, what have you got on Dalvin Cook? Yep. Um, See, so with his dislocated shoulder, they're expecting him to miss at least the next two games. Mm. Um, yeah. So Swift had a sprained shoulder and will miss at least this game. They're hoping to get him back soon after that. Tell you what, Madison's pretty handy. He, he can he can step in and, and fill those uh, those big shoes of, of Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook. Uh, but, yeah, be hard-pressed to see the Vikings losing this one. I imagine it's three Vikings. Uh, what are the odds there, Max? Yep, three Vikings. Um, Vikings are favourites, $1.30. Um, lines sure. are out at $3.57. Line? We've got a line of seven. Total match points of 46.5. Mm. I think $1.30 is pretty good value for that. Yeah, yeah you'd, reckon. you'd well, reckon. Can you find, uh, quickly for me, Alex Madison over 100? His, it, his line won't be that many. He'd be... 70-odd, maybe? Well, the last two times he started, he went yeah, he 125 goes, he goes and 110. Like He goes off. And Detroit not known for their run defense. No. I don't think we have those markets yet. You should be able to go Where are we looking? Uh, running back props. Yep. Well, I find that I might start introducing the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the New York Jets because it's a game about who cares. So the Eagles, of course, <laughs> lost to the Giants last week. I care, I uh, care. I um, don't know about Philly. Yeah, well, Hurts threw through three picks last week. Um, they looked great against Denver. I think Denver looked terrible, let's put it that way. Mm. Uh, and New Orleans the last two weeks, and then they absolutely stunk against the Giants. They do face a new another New York team. Um, we did mention, as I mentioned in the intro that Joe Flacco and Mike Whitebuff got COVID, mm-hmm. but Zach Wilson is back. I think they probably leave Zach Wilson in there as their QB of the future. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, Elijah Moore, like I said before, keeps look, looking he looks good. Pretty good. Yep. Probably wasn't as good in their last game. Uh, well, against the Tex, they did win against the Texans, so the big props there. Um, Elijah Moore didn't have as good as stats, but also he's got Zach Wilson, a rookie, throwing in balls, so. Um, that that is always going to tamper his amount of targets and opportunities he's going to get. Having said all that, Moore probably gets may get slay this week because Corey Davis is out and Crowder has been having a bit of a quiet year, mm. potentially quarterback related, less so him related. And Darius Slay has been good. Yes. So um, Mark Carter is on IR as well, so they've been turned to Coleman. Mm-hmm. Is their starting kind of running back? I just don't think they have the talent currently to fight this Eagles team. But then Eagles also do Eagles things. Um, yeah, don't they? They're just very hard to <laughs> hard to punt on or tip or anything. But so I'd say avoid this game for any tips or that. I think. I went Eagles. I've gone Philly. I went Philly. They're better on paper. They they should win on paper. Yeah. yeah. Jalen Hurts, unbelievable running the football. And then when he drops back, you just have your heart in your mouth. So be interesting to see what he does here against that Jets team. But I imagine they're pretty handy favourites. Yep. Uh, I've gone Eagles as well. So three Eagles there. They are favourites $1.33. Uh, the Jets are out at $3.34 at the moment. We've got a line of seven and total match points of 45 and a half. A few points. Yeah, I'd avoid. Yeah, would not touch. Would not touch. <laughs> did, did you get me a, a market for Madison rushing out? No, no markets. Not yet. It right. might, might still be a little bit early. Okay, all good. So we'll turn to the cards taking on the, the Bears. Uh, the cards, 9-2 record, best in the NFL 
um, matching the the Suns, I believe, for the best in the NBA. Mm. Um, yeah, so, Arizona. Yeah, Arizona doing well as a state. Um, Kyla and Nuke both practice this week. They were both limited for Wednesday practice, first practice of the week. Uh, mm. Both should be on track. Um, they potentially could rest Kyla again. Uh, but all, by all accounts, they wanted to use the bye because they had a bye last week um, mm. to get them both right, mm-hmm. which would mean they both missed a month worth of uh, football. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should play in this game. Um, Andy Dalton did lead the the Bears to a scrappy win on Thanksgiving against the Lions. Mm-hmm. Not a game you should watch um, unless you want to torture yourself. Um, <laughs> it was did, close. Yeah, it was close. Exactly, it was close. Uh, did break their five-game losing streak. Uh, I believe Fields has got cracked ribs, mm. um, so he's probably a week or two away. Yep. I don't think they'll they'll probably stick with Andy at It'll least. Be a red rifle. Yep. Yeah, they'll stick with him going forward at least for now. Um, he did throw 300 yards in this um, in that game against the Lions the first time since week nine. Mooney is probably their number one at the moment. I think Robinson's yeah. been hurt as well, which and is unhappy th- apparently. Oh, he's been unhappy for years. He's been playing with bum quarterbacks for ages. <laughs> he wants to go elsewhere and they keep French. <laughs> they've all their franchise day teams, so um, he'll go elsewhere in off season. So Mooney looking uh, was good. I think he had eight targets, five catches for 123 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, Rumours Matt Nagy might get fired. Um, I think they probably want to give him some time with Fields. Yep. And then they're not the worst team in football. They're not very good, though. Yeah, I agree. You, and you've got to... Cards uh, win this, irrespective if it's, um, you know, Kyla Nukes show or if it's Colt McCoy and Cole James McC- Connor. Like <laughs> Colt McCoy's been sneaky good. Like, yeah. he's, he's been doing a job, uh, you know, in the absence of, of Kyla and DeAndre. Yeah, agreed. I think Matt Nagy deserves a little bit more time uh, there at Chicago, especially when Justin Fields gets healthy. Uh, But, yeah, you can't go past the number one seed in the NFC. I've tipped the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Monks, what you got for us? Yep, I've got the cards as well. Uh, They are favourites $1.26. The Bears are out at $3.90 at the moment. We have a line of 7.5 with total match points of 45.5. Mm, don't like much of that outside of Arizona winning. Yep. This is a really interesting game. Yeah, uh, well, the Chargers coming off getting fucked by Denver. Yeah, you have at Chris that. Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, very happy with that. Um, probably getting the Pretenders tag, I think. Mm. They've got some talent there, but they just run into those top teams, not to say Denver is a top team by any account, um, but comparable teams or teams with a slightly more talent and they just end up falling in a heap and, yeah, they, they proved on Denver they really couldn't move the ball um, either passing or on the ground. Denver played pretty well on a D. Patrick's a 10, two picks, one touchdown. Big mm. shout out to him. The rookie. Yeah, his first touchdown in Denver. His dad's last touchdown was in Denver. Um, so there you go. A bit of history there. Bengals, on the other hand, have been looking good. Joe Mixon, back healthy. Uh, give it, give him all the carries. He's mm-hmm. killing it. Uh, that that really opens up for Chase and um, Burrow to do their thing. And T. Higgins it was last T. week. T. Higgins yeah, as well. Yeah, don't nuts. forget about T. Higgins um, coming out of Clemson. Everyone <laughs> forgets about him and talks about the LSU boys. Mm. Uh, but they murdered the Steelers who just... Old. Let's call Ben Big old, Ben old. Yeah, slow. Yeah. yeah. Th- throwing, throwing absolute lame ducks at this point. So 
I think this is Ben's last year. That's my thoughts. Yeah, I think that's fair uh, enough He's assessment. Cooked. However, <laughs> this game in the Chargers and Bengals, uh, it, it's a it's a really interesting matchup because both uh, have a sniff here as AFC wildcard mm. hopefuls. For mine, I think one team looks a lot better than the other, and I think that's a Cincinnati Bengals. I've gone the Bengals here. Yeah, Bengals at home. I think I picked them as well. I like that's what some of the key position, like the players they've got on the Chargers team, but you know, like Joey Bosa getting um, stiff armed by Teddy Bridgewater, kind of <laughs> kind of reflects where their season is at the moment. And they're just so inconsistent. Though. They look so good one week, and they just look so ordinary. It might the be because they've got like a second year quarterback. It, you know, he's yeah. still yeah. finding his feet in the league, um, and they've got a young coach as well, Stanley's. I've only been there two years as well, so they're kind of still finding their way. Maybe they're a year or two away, but sounds exactly like the Cincinnati Bengals to me. But <laughs> it's true. Maybe one's better than I the other. I, I think and I've this, and the, and that's a, another storyline in this one: Herbert versus Burrow. Yeah. yeah, you know, two elite young quarterbacks who will uh, turn out to be the better one. Time will tell. This, I think I said this, this will be interesting. I said the same thing about the Bengals, and I think they kind of proved a couple of weeks ago where they're kind of at. One one of the these teams potentially could play a playoffs. I don't think either of them do go deep. They're they're year away kind of thing. They need some yep. extra pieces to kind of get them to where they need to be. Agreed. Both have the quarterbacks though that they need for the future. Indeed. So Bengals, Bengals. Yep, I've gone Bengals as well. Yeah, uh, they are favourites. A dollar fifty eight at the moment. Charges are out at two dollars thirty nine. Not bad value. Yeah, we've got a line of three and total match points of uh, 50 and a half. I was thinking maybe take the overs. That, that is quite high, but both these hands can score some points. Mm. Yeah, they could easily put 60 on this. Like they, This could be one of those you know, 33, shootout. 34 shootout kind of games. But 50, whenever you start getting to 50, you get a bit nervous. <laughs> so. Well, like what, what are the Char- Chargers scored 14 last week? Yeah, Four, thir- 13. 13, yeah. 13. The week before, they were 41. The yeah. week before that, they were 20. Yeah, well, Bengals' D's probably not the same kind of D as facing Denver's D is at the moment. So mm. they should score points. I think they can score 28, 30 plus. Bengals yeah. can do the same. Like potentially, so potentially overs could be there. But it might be you. a close one. So both the Chargers and Bengals put up 41 points against Steelers. So one week after the other. Steelers, uh, <laughs> not the same Steelers. No. Nope. Their, their defense isn't. I have still been playing their defense on my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> Get her in the Dolphins. They're going good. Yeah. yeah. Saturday right. afternoon games, uh, at NFC South matchup, Division. which you tend to think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get uh, the bickies here at Atlanta. Uh, the Bucks absolute shootout against the Colts. Regular was, season, Lenny. I was worried for a moment. But yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, too. Fair enough, too. <laughs> it went right down to it. Uh, probably the best game we've seen out of Leonard Fournette in quite some time, if not ever. Mm-hmm. He had four touchdowns, three on the ground, one in the air, 24 total touch yeah. touches. Cemented himself. 44 PPR fantasy points. He's running back five in, uh, in PPR fantasy. Uh, I don't think anyone really... Picked that happening at the start of the year, even though he had such mm. a good 
uh, playoff run last year. Well, I think we should talk about, you know, Jones has kind of fallen off and he's in the doghouse. And Isn't Bernard he? really hasn't yeah. added that, um, that much gets as a, a few rece- ca- receiving gets a few option. Catches, but but hey, if, if Lenny's getting seven catches in a game, they're like, mm. well, he can catch, let's keep him in. So He's well, looking like a top it. five drafted running back, isn't yeah. he? And it's yeah. good to see. He's getting the snaps. So, yeah, it's good yeah. to see. Good to see Gronk back as well, doing Gronk things. Mm-hmm. Um, Gronk smash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that comedy looked vintage and he's like, I'm happy I'm vintage. Mm. Um, I, I only think he's only 30. Like, is he still a young bloke? Yeah, so 31, yeah, maybe. 31, yeah, yeah. yeah like, right. Fuck. That's yeah. nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what the fact that he was considering retiring or had retired? Well, had retired for <laughs> the fact that he's just completely balling it at the moment. Yeah, and he's got a good rig and probably parties harder. <laughs> Anyways, we yeah. got in a whole rubber hole there, couldn't we? Yeah, Falcons. They did come up for a W against the Lonely Jags. Um, that man, Cordell Patterson, uh, continues to impress. Sixteen. He's the, he's RB one at this point. No question. Yeah. 16 carries for 108 yards for two Tartars with two catches for 27. Um, they've actually listed him on the defensive depth chart as well. He's their backup safety now too. Because <laughs> he's like, hey, I need to add some you know, defense uh, to my capability. He's, I, he's built like a hard-hitting safety. Yeah, he'd probably be big for a safety. Like, that's mm. a big safety coming after mm. you. Um, I don't think he's going to play any safety. But mm. hey, he's on the depth chart for shits and giggles. Um of course, uh, I mentioned the the Falcons. They signed another punter. Um, yeah, how did that get in the notes? I don't know. It was he's not it Australian. Was, yeah, it was just <laughs> it was just news. <laughs> they, they signed a punter. Thomas Morstead, welcome to the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> yeah, punters are real people. So yeah, I don't and, think and it matters in this game. I don't think it helps them beat the Buccaneers. I've gone Bucks. Who has? Don't know about that. Who has the biggest podcast in the NFL realm in the world? Pat well, McAfee. Yeah, a punter. Yeah. A punter. Mm. Yeah, but who's also got one of the biggest mouths in the NFL world? Pat Mack. <laughs> exactly. So he, I mean, he's the right comedian as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like he talks. Like he he can tell a good a good story, a good joke as well. Not too bad. Uh, in terms of uh, this game, what are we thinking? You think the Buccaneers get the pickies here? Although Atlanta kind of trending in the right direction, uh, but I imagine three Buccaneers. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Um, and yeah, the odds reflect that. So Buccaneers are heavy favourites at a dollar seventeen. The Falcons are out at five ten at the moment. We have a line of eleven, and total match points of fifty and a half. Quite high scoring. No, I'd go unders on that. Wouldn't touch anything. I, the Buc- I wouldn't touch it live. Yeah, the Bucks mm. win that though, surely. Yep. Yep. Mm. Uh, speaking of another game that should end up in a sh- definite win, the Rams mm. should fuck the Jags after. Mm-hmm. Um, been playing some pretty average football of late since the the Odell Beckham yeah. uh, Junior um, pickup, but then again the Browns haven't played overly well in that time frame either. And it's not OBJ's <laughs> fault. <is laughs> no, he's got a touchdown on the weekend. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, yeah, I think the the Rams just have been in a rough period. They, I think their defense, um, for how t- highly tailored they are yeah. with the names they've got on, haven't really played to. To the what they could be. Well, we um, saw that on the weekend, didn't yeah. we, against the Packers? But they put on thirty six points against. Yeah, well, Aaron Rodgers yeah. um, didn't matter if Ramsey was covering Adams. He went to him. Mm-hmm. I think he was seven or seven. Didn't oh, care there. Didn't yeah. care if Donald, five for five Donald and, was for first after down. Him. So yeah, it's. But didn't ha- matter. Having said that, the Rams are still pretty good. They're still pretty good. They're seven four. Like, let's not yeah. to get too carried away. We did allude to it earlier in the podcast, Matt Stafford is having an unreal year. He's over 3,300 yards, 27 touchdowns, nine intercepts. 
the poor bloke, you know. It's good to see him getting some there at Los Angeles after, you know, sticking it out for a long time at Detroit. Yep. You'd imagine the Rams get this job done. Of course, Jacksonville knocked off Buffalo in a very unusual game a few weeks ago. Do we see this happening this weekend? I would say no. You would say no. I think the Rams need to write. They're going to write their ship. So, and um, I think the note you got there, the Jags got Texans and, and Jets coming up. Potentially, there's some wins there, but yeah, their season's uh, going to be a long one. And yeah, they're not going to have many wins. Probably at, picking in the top five at best. At best, Jacksonville finishes this year with four wins. I did have a look. I highlighted the Texans and Jets as potential wins. Outside of that, I don't think they bother anyone. Uh, yeah. Anyways, thinking of Trevor Lawrence, uh, an un- unbelievable talent. Sometimes they just wind up at a, a bit of a shit show of an organisation. But yeah, uh, well, they're, they're, they're a couple of years away from where they need to be. They've, yeah. they've got football Jesus now, and then they've got to build around him. So that's what happens when you go number one in the NFL draft. Yes. Yeah, it's a bit of a blessing and a curse, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you, you hope to be back, Jones, and end up with the Patriots. Let's be honest. <laughs> Sometimes lower is better. Monks, what's the odds here? Do we have the Rams over a dollar ten? Only just. Um, so low. they are low. Um, they are dollar fourteen at the moment. Uh, my tip is the Rams as well. Jaguars are out at five dollars eighty. We have a line of thirteen, and total match points of forty-seven and a half. Mm, I'd take the Rams with that. Line. Oh, it's always hard with the line, isn't it? But at home, they mm. should get out to a to an outstanding start. You'd think mm. they should they should blow them out of the water. If they don't, I'd be really concerned about Rams football for the rest of the year. About pretender tags. Yes, yes. Sure. Uh, okay, so we have the Washington Football Team taking on the Las Vegas Raiders next. The Washington Football Team on a three-win winning streak mm-hmm. uh, as well. Uh, they did beat the Seattle Seahawks um, during the week. Antonio Gibson seems like his shin fractures aren't causing him any more issues. Look good. Uh, yeah, almost. Well, he had thirty-six touches in total. Um, of between his carries and receptions in this one. May need to do more in this game with uh, JD suffering that really bad, well, it looked bad, um, like neck compression concussion yeah, of the head. Like, yeah. He didn't like to see them. Yeah, and, you know, he stayed, he was out cold. So it was a, a bad one for him. Uh, they're currently seventh um, seed in the NFC uh, with, with Philly losing. Um, the Raiders did win that overtime thriller we mentioned against the the boys and Derek Carr is 6-0 and this year when he throws over 300 yards, which is interesting. Mm. Uh, Monks, can you find an answer for Darren Waller where he's at? Deshaun Jackson doing Deshaun Jackson things for the Raiders. Dude, so. he's, fa- he's still fast as fuck. Yeah. He's fast as fuck, boy. Yeah. He's fast <laughs> as fuck, boy. Yeah. Uh, Pass what happened with your multi? I won one. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It happens. I think I won enough to cover a f- bit of my losses from the rest of the year. So definitely still in the red on the NFL. But <laughs> it's always nice once in a while. Yeah. 1-1 one, one on that uh, Cowboys-Raiders game there on Thanksgiving. The Raiders are last in the AFC West and they they have a winning record, 6-5. and five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Most likely we're probably seeing three teams come out of the AFC West. Uh, Could be. Who knows? Who knows? It's a long time out. This game is very interesting. We've got this Washington football team, highly touted defense at the start of the year. We're playing like dog shit to start off, but 
have started to kind of put things together. Well, yeah. T- Taylor Heineke looks pretty good, mm-hmm. and Derek Carr looks really good. And uh, and despite all the adversity with the Gruden and the Rugs uh, things here, yep. the Raiders are six and five. This is one of the harder tips of the week, boys. I've gone the Raiders at home. I think they get it done, but I probably won't be betting on this game, and I wouldn't be uh, too confident with that tip. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't go anywhere near this game betting wise. I picked Washington. I want to away win. Yeah, away win. Uh, continue their role um, on. Go to the four wins in a row. Be interesting to see how the th- how they go in this one. Step up in competition. I think the Seahawks. Uh, Bit stinky this year, so yeah, they're, they're different, and they've, um, yeah, they haven't beat the best competition. And the Raiders, mm. a very competitive AFC West at the moment, really mm. need a wins. But I don't know. I like Washington purely because I got Gibbs in my fans team. But otherwise, Max, <laughs> you've got a deciding tip here. Uh, hasn't happened do. very much this evening. What no, have you got? Um, so real quick on Darren Waller, he is not at practice. Um, as of Wednesday, um, week to week, as usual. Um, I have gone the Raiders this week. The Raiders. The odds, I imagine, pretty close. Yep, yeah, pretty close. So the Raiders are favourites, a (laughs) dollar (laughs) sixty nine. I waited for that. Um, We're all about (laughs) Very yeah. mature here. Yeah, of mm. course. On the ASCII. Mm. Um, two, let's go. <laughs> well, sorry. Sorry. Uh, well, the, the we're both oh, ma- married, so it's usually 96 for us where we don't talk to each other and lay in bed not looking at each other. Nothing wrong with that either. <laughs> <laughs> you get tired, you know. Just sometimes. Working all day. Yeah, the working all day. You, you still love each other, but just, you know, you, you want to get your eight hours, get it done with you know, I'll see you on date nine in four uh, weeks. Uh, finish these odds, please. <laughs> um, date nine in four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm completely lost about yeah. that now. Uh, we're talking uh, about 69ing and uh, <laughs> the perils of, of marriage. Um, Actually, yeah, we'll we'll get into that from in a moment. Um, football, <laughs> fo- <laughs> the football team is underdogs dollar eighteen. The line. Um, so you mentioned sixty nine before mm. Washington football team a two dollar uh, sorry line two and a half is at a dollar ninety six. Oh, yeah. so that's there's there's the other half. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Premonition. Exactly, and total match points of forty nine and a half. Okay. All right. So all we got out of that is Derek Carr to sixty nine. Terry McLaurin <laughs> at the end of this game paying one hundred <sighs> thousand dollars the fifth one. <laughs> Um, all right, let's let's move into the north. So we have Baltimore Ravens taking mm. on the Pittsburgh Steelers in a tight AFC North. Yes, yes. Besides maybe the Steelers, but the Ravens um, they yeah, dig they dig they're still there. But you know five five with a draw, um, mm. and the Ravens at eight and three, leading the AFC, I believe, at the current state. Uh, Ravens they did get their win over um, the Browns, despite Lamar throwing four picks. I probably think this is more conversation about the Browns, who how, only rushed like forty yards. How in the fuck did the Ravens win this game? Seriously, it was low scoring. Lamar with his yeah. arm was horrendous. Pretty good with his legs, as per usual. Uh, are the Browns playing this week, or are they on bye? They're they're on a bye. They're well, let's a bye. Talk, let's mention Browns here then. Like, 
Mm. I I think they in their buy hopefully need to sort some shit out because they couldn't run the ball. They've got the number. Like you'd think on paper, the best running back tandem in the NFL, and they ran for fucking forty yards with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, there's yeah. some serious problems going on going on at the Browns. I wonder because Hunt came back into this game and they played a lot more snaps. I wonder if that then maybe affected Chubb's like juju of how um, or his. Uh, you know, getting into the game, getting... Couldn't get a get, rhythm. Yeah, rhythm, exactly. That's mm. what I'm looking for. Um, not Juju. Um, the <laughs> Struce also <laughs> struggling to get a rhythm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think injured at the moment. Uh, so the, the rhythm uh, into that game and then Baker's playing with... I'm not sure if you've seen his strap with the braces on it, yeah. so I can't go to certain angles. He, ne- he needs oh. surgery. Suppose, supposedly, like, he was his healthiest, nah, um, but sure. then he's, like, limping around with an A-frame. So, he's he's cooked. So he I, surgery. I, yeah. He, Poor Baker. I like, I, I like him. I think he's a likeable dude. Yeah. I did. I saw a meme this week. It was like a, when you realise that Baker Mayfield is sober Johnny Manziel. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but, and, and that's not, that's I just thought that was funny, but uh, it's not a dig either no. at, at Baker Mayfield. I think he's got some good stuff ahead of him. He needs, uh, he needs, he needs a couple of months away, essentially. Yeah. He needs to go recover, have the surgery, et cetera, get right, because, yeah, the Browns can't carry the load currently with him, especially if they can't run the ball. And I think the Ravens came into this with a good game plan of mm. take the run away, make Baker throw the ball, because he can't do it. And they played good D. And coming away from the Browns, back to this AFC North yeah. matchup. Speaking of quarterbacks that can't steals. throw the football, <laughs> they take a, an on old big one fan. and a young one. <laughs> I think I think the Ravens do this easily. I've not been impressed by anything that I've seen out of Pittsburgh this year. Yeah. Outside of Harris, he's he's their only shining light. The and, rest of them got really struggling. He got shut down last week yeah. by the Bengals. Um, yeah, I've gone Ravens here. I think they do it pretty comfortably. Yeah, same. Yep, I've gone Ravens as well. Um, they are favourites at $1.45 at the moment. The Steelers are out at $2.78. We do have a line of four and a half. Total match points of 44 and a half. Sorry, 44. I like Ravens' line, to be honest. Although mm. Ravens love a, a, you know, a hard-fought, gritty, you know, kind of close one. Especially against the Steelers. Yeah. yeah. And it is at Heinz Field, so... No, I've... Wouldn't wouldn't go near that the total match points at all. I'd just pick Ravens by head to head. So not unofficial sponsors and not official sponsors. Sports bet um, have the no, Steelers. We're off them. Yeah, exa- we're off them. Um, Steelers have failed to cover the line in the last six of their seven games at Heinz Field. They're dripping so off. They're line, dripping line off. Line does look juicy, yeah. I guess. Mm. End of an era. In the NFC West, the San Francisco Forty uh, ers take on the Seattle Seahawks. The 49ers have three wins in a row. Uh, they beat the Vikings last week. Their offense is actually clicking. They have 30 points in four of their last five games. I'll tell you who else who's clicking. Elijah Mitchell, he had 27 touches last week, 133 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And Debo Samuel, we talk about Cordero Patterson as mm-hmm. being that Swiss Army knife, that running back receiver, don't really know what he is. Debo Samuel, six carries last week, 66 yards and two touchdowns. When you think about it, it doesn't really surprise you that much because he's built 
Oh. He's built like a running back. He's had these packages for a while, and you know, Kyle Shanahan loves to pound the rock and run the football, so he, it's not and unsurprising. He, and he likes a bit of an unusual playbook as yeah, well, doesn't yeah. he? So yeah, you know, you've 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 run Eli um, Eli Mitchell, you know, twenty seven times. Um, you throw in the little sneaky of Debo Samuel as yeah. a running back as well um, to keep you honest and do a bit of trick plays there. So yeah. Not unsurprising. I think Debo's a bit banged up, though. He left this game. He didn't finish this game. I'm not sure what his injury is. Um, I think he might be all right. Uh, Monks, can you confirm he's going to play in this or not? Uh, they did sign uh, Functious from the Packers um, after getting cut by the Packers as an extra wide receiver option. Interesting um, to see there what Devin Functious can do. I yeah. think he was a first rounder back in the day with the mm. Carolina Panthers. A big bodied, you know, touted as like a Megatron kind of bloke and has not really lived up to any expectation yeah interesting to see what he can do at san francisco seattle on the other hand well we mentioned it they can't run the ball they've nope. signed ap i don't think ap's playing he's gonna play in this game uh russ russ doesn't look like russ he's so overthrown everybody like he really struggled to connect with dk in this game um he did connect with Lockett a fair bit, um, especially when Lockett was open 50 yards downfield. Uh, but, yeah, DK one catch for 13 yards to make sure he didn't get a donut in this one. Um, but I think you put the note in there, Peps. Uh, DK has more hair colours this year than he has wins. Yes, four four <laughs> hair colours and three wins. And and this is coming from a guy that loves DK, oh, DK Metcalf. And, same here, like, big DK fan. And and Monkey's got him on his fantasy team, you know. He's an absolute specimen. He's been in the league three years, and three of us have had him in our fantasy teams, I think. Yeah, and I really wanted them this year. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't get him, to be honest. But that's, uh, that's, that's no hate against DK. Obviously has all the talent in the world. I, I think it probably speaks more volumes about Russ and where Russ is at the moment. I saw um, some nasty memes about Russ this week. There was like a let Russ cook and it was like um, Vegemite on toast. <laughs> like It was like a, a, something that I would cook up, you know. As if, you know on hey, if, if, if they can't run the ball, they... They definitely should be passing it more, and I think Russ was passing it more. I he's he's a bit like Big Ben, isn't he? And he just he just doesn't well, look like his yeah. Old Ru- self. Russ at least can throw it twenty yards downfield. So yeah, but, <laughs> but he's just it's it's kind of like you, you really want to root for the guy, yeah. but you also yeah. kind. I of I think, think he's actually just not there. They might not mention the finger injury as much, but I I think it's probably maybe affecting yeah. his release points or his. Grip or some something's a little bit off. It's just not right. Definitely. And yeah, and th- that that little to- tolerance ends up being you know a yard overthrown, um, mm. where it's just too high for even for a guy like DK to go up and get mm. it. Um, for that reason, I think their their season's going in the wrong direction. But I've picked the 49ers. I think this is the first time they have a losing season. Or yeah, because they won't get. Ooh, they might get back to 500. But it, it, by all accounts, they have first losing season for Russ and Peter Carroll, first time under 500. They, they wouldn't have teams. had one for a long time. No. Just, and I'm glad Between you mentioned them. Pete Carroll. Do you think he, he might call it at the end of the year? So, no. If Russell's still there, I think he stays. If they move Russell, Russell goes elsewhere. And he's he's even been very gracious this year in saying a lot a lot of my success in my career has come down to this man, Russell Wilson, which you love yeah. to see yeah. uh, out of a bloke, you know, giving credit where credit's due. So I think they're, they're be, tied at the hip. So It'll be interesting. I think it'll be interesting what happens to Pete Carroll. I think he's the oldest coach in the yes. NFL. 70 plus. 
So uh, it will be interesting to see what happens there. To a man that won a Super Bowl and went to two, uh, but may I think maybe his last year there in the Pacific Northwest. Mm. Don't think they win this game. 49ers for me. Agree. 49ers. Monks, yep. your thoughts, please. Yep. Uh, so Adrian Peterson was signed to practice squad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, most likely definitely not starting anytime soon. Um you mentioned the record. So after the 49ers, they've got Texans, mm-hmm. Rams, mm-hmm. Bears, Lions, and Cards. A, lo- a lot of winnable games there. Texans, Lions. A few, yeah. A few there, yeah. but yeah, still not going to hit that. You, win, you know. They, no, lose, yeah. they lose the Cards and Rams and probably win the other three. So well, they lose this weekend and they can't get a winning record. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. it right there. That's it. Um, Odds, Max? Yeah. So tip? I've gone 49ers. Odds are uh, their favourites $1.56. Uh, the Seahawks are out at $2.44. We have a line of three and total match points of 45 and a half. Mm-hmm. Let's go into Sunday night football prime time. AFC West matchup, the Denver Broncos take on the Kansas City Chiefs. I need to quickly relieve myself, but I'm sure <laughs> you would like to talk about oh, your I'll Denver Broncos. I'll talk for them for the next five minutes. They're looking pretty good. <laughs> Look, yeah, well, think. they've been up and down all year, unfortunately. Um uh, we're good again currently, so we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, but we do, like we said, big div- divisional game on prime time uh, for the lead in the AFC West. Whoever wins this game will be number one in the West. Um, mm. We did run the ball well. Melvin Gordon's been looking good. Javante Williams uh, is the leading rusher without a start in the NFL. So that, that's a little bit of stat for you there. So um, uh, I'm on the free uh, Javante Williams bandwagon considering he's on my fantasy team. Um, <laughs> the only team in the league with two runners over 500 rush yards, I believe, and kind of shows that their committee they've got. Um, we did sign Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton to good deals through the year, so lock them up for the next three or four years, um, which goes hand-in-hand hand with Judy and Hamler um, on their rookie contracts. So they're going to be mm-hmm. there. So, you know, our receiving calls pretty much set. You happy um, with those deals? Uh th- I think it's good money. It wasn't like we didn't pay overs. Mm. Um, I don't think we paid unders. I think it was fair deals. Um, very much makes a very good selling point to potential quarterbacks at Aaron Rodgers, at John Watson, <laughs> that potentially want to be traded somewhere at the end of the season. Because, um, you know, where the defense is at, where the young talent is on offense, um, we don't need any of those picks anymore. I've traded all those bitches away. and <laughs> let, let, Let's get a quarterback because I think that's the one thing we're missing. Yeah, because, you know, luck on, mm. in that game, he came in for a hurt Teddy um, through a stupid pick. Um, then they benched him to play Teddy on one leg to, for the rest of the game and got the win. But Teddy's not yeah. he's not going to win you a Super Bowl. So um, I'm Judas in this and picked the Kansas City like I did last week and picked Chargers to say Denver won. So let's let's roll with that and I'll stick with that going forward. Over with that. Pep's pick? Uh, Kansas City. I will say Kansas City, their defense played better in the last month than it has at the start of the year. Yeah, so They look very ordinary to start off the year, yeah, to be honest. They've kind of come mm. together a bit better. Uh, offense, I'm still worried about Mahomes. He's throwing more picks than I probably would like from Paddy Mahomes. Yeah. I think he leads the league in picks currently. He did He did well, a maybe, few weeks ago. Maybe one of the one or two of the other guys that throw on three picks during the week mm. overtook him. Mm. Um, but, yeah, Kansas home. I think Denver's record and Arrowhead in December is three nineteen. Um, Kansas City's record Strong. coming off <laughs> Kansas City's record coming off the bye is nineteen and three. Put that all together, uh, Kansas City going with this. 
Great research out of you there, Sean, and I tend to agree. I think Kansas City get the biggies here, although very impressed with the way Denver have been playing. Uh, Monks, if you wouldn't mind your tip and the odds. Uh, do you guys talk about Tim Patrick and Cortland Sun? Yep. Covered it. Very good, yep. very good. Um, yep, I've gone Chiefs as well. They are favourites. I Dollar twenty one. The Broncos are out at four dollars forty five at the moment. We have a line of nine and a half. Total match points of forty seven and a half. Wouldn't mind the overs there. Wouldn't mind the overs. I'd say it depends on weather. Arrowhead in December. If it's snowing, unders. Moving forward to a game which may be weather dependent. Monday night football. Best, best game this week. A massive matchup. A huge AFC East. Uh, divisional rivals, New England Patriots taking on the Buffalo Bills. New England, uh, lo and behold, they lead that division at eight and four. Buffalo with the bye in hand, uh, seven in f- and four. Uh, the Pats have six wins on the trot. Their defense has play- been playing absolutely lights yeah, out. So They've given up 63 points in those six win- wins, so averaging about 10 points allowed per game. And they have 17 takeaways, mm-hmm. just about three takeaways per game. Uh, Mac Jones, he's thrown for nearly 3,000 yards. He has 16 touchdowns and eight intercepts. And the Bills are starting to get back in the right direction. There was a lot of question marks around them a few weeks ago. We did mention earlier that Tredavious White has done his ACL. He's probably a top five, top five corner in yeah. the league. Their best player in the secondary by far. So. Yeah, in, and in quite a good secondary there with Michael Howard and yep. Jordan Poyer. Uh, boys, this one is pretty hard to split for mine. I'm going to go Buffalo to to break uh, some New England hearts. Uh, obviously, Bill Belichick, he's got the boys going in the right direction, that stellar defense and Mac Jones, uh, you know, running that offense just as a game manager. But I think the Bills have got a pretty stout defense to their self. And I think on paper, I think maybe their offense is has got the edge on New England. I think a pretty crazy thought here. Um, if I told you in week 13, uh, and this, this is dependent on the Baltimore Ravens losing their match and the Patriots win being the leaders of the they could, AFC they could after 13 weeks, you would have been like, no, nah, no way. No way with a rookie quarterback. Not early on in the year, no. Yeah, but potentially that could be where they end up at the end of this week. But I think Ravens are going to sort the Steelers out easily. So they should maintain their number one spot, mm. um, but be very closely followed by the New England Patriots if they do get the win. Um, I'm sticking on the Mac Jones bandwagon, as I have been all year. I think Buffalo, like I said, better on paper. But, hey, don't don't discount the New England Patriots. Probably proof that Bill Belichick is as good a coach as, <laughs> as people think he is. Yep. Um, you know, took him a year to retool COVID, missing half his defenders, but hey, he's got everyone now mm. and they're cooking, ready to go to another playoffs um, a year removed from letting the GOAT go down to Tampa Bay. So, yeah, impressive, impressive organization, impressive head coach. Um, probably doesn't matter too much in this matchup, but I've picked the Patriots for an upset. I like it. Bold. It's very bold. Marks, you will have the deciding pick in this game in, in a round where there is a lot of kind of clear favourites, but this one, uh, you know, really could go either way. What are your thoughts? Yep. Yeah, so first off, I'll, I'll go back to Mac Jones. So um, offensive rookie of the year, his odds are $1.36. Yeah, um, fair enough. What's Chase at? Yeah, right behind him, Chase is $3.08. So yeah. fair gap there. Already firming up. 
Yep, that's I it. Think if think if we had this conversation a month ago, it would have been very different, but Jamar has been very quiet uh, in the last few games. I that's think it. I think Max got this pretty much wrapped up. Yeah, uh, and just for completeness sake, I'll jump over the other side of the board as well. So defensive rookie of the year, we've got Micah Parsons with the Cowboys at a dollar fourteen. Yeah, so I, I think I think they should give it to him because he he was drafted as an inside linebacker and they're like, hey, go play outside. Uh, and he causes <laughs> drama. Yeah, he and causes he's, drama for any tackles. He's got he's got like the he's got the best rookie um, rating for an outside pass roster. Mm-hmm. He's getting mm-hmm. sacks. He's getting heaps of pressures. Like. Crazy athlete, like yeah. that, that's fair. That's well, you've <laughs> looked at Cowboys' good. defense this year compared to last year. I'm not yeah. saying it's but all on his back, but they are, they are yeah. better. They well, are. I think between him and Trayvon Diggs, uh, yeah. They've, yeah, they've been the main uh, uh, catalyst for yeah. them improving. I'm that's biased, it, yeah. give it to Satan, but anyway, keep going. Well, uh, he's coming in second, um, second. at nine dollars. <laughs> Load up, load up. A few picks, yeah. you know, who yeah. knows? There's still a bit of football to go. That's it, yeah. Um, back to this game. I have tipped the Bills. Um, they are favourites at $1.68. Um, at home, Patriots are $2.19, being the away team. Um, we do have a line of two and a half, so very close game, and total match points of 42 and a half. Quite low, quite low there. Very low. It is in Buffalo, so maybe they're assuming bad weather in December. Mm. I I still kind of like that. I think these guys could probably go after each other a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I reckon so too. I 42, so too. like that's a bit like, if I, maybe if it was 45 or 47, I'd be less less inclined to do it, but 42, that seems low to me. It is low, but it is also a few days out, so who knows if it's blowing an absolute blizzard over there in Orchid Park. But that will yeah. wrap up the Games, the teams on yep. the buys this week. We spoke at length before about the Browns. They have a tough run going home. Um, I don't see them playing playoff football, to yeah, be what's honest. What's the record of them? Mm. Five and six? Uh, or is it five and five? It'll be one of the two. I, I had a question for you guys. I looked it up today. Do you know the last time the Cleveland Browns won their division? A very long time ago. Give me a year. Um, have a crack. Have a crack. Oh, I'm just thinking of quarterbacks. It wasn't Brady Quinn. Did they win one with Dan Anderson? Nope. No. Further back. Further back. Um, do, do, do. Wasn't, wh- wasn't this millennium? Was not this millennium. 90s? <laughs> Do you want me to put you out in misery? Was, was, Jim Brown the court, was Jim Brown the running back? <laughs> We've gone that far back. 1989. Not in our lifetime. That's well, month in <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, well maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe you guys. I'm, I'm a young uh, whippersnipper here in yeah, 1990. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, the, the Packers, they have a bye. Uh, pretty impressive against the Rams. They are the second seed in the NFC. AJ Dillon continues in his development. Uh, pa- just back on the Browns, sorry. So they're six and six at the moment. Six and six. six. It's little kids. It's not impossible. It's not impossible, yeah. but they've got Baltimore. They probably lose to Baltimore again. They've maybe got, they've got the Raiders. Maybe they win against Raiders. At Green Bay. At I think they Pittsburgh, lose to Green Bay. Cincinnati. I think they beat Pittsburgh, but then they lose to Cincinnati. So it's a hard run home. So they win three and two in that and finish ten and nine. No, ten and that's ten tr- and eight. Sorry. No, that's not the right. Seven, they six, seven six, nine, games. nine and seven. <laughs> Fuck me. Quick math. Cincinnati yeah. hasn't got the easiest Nine run home, though. So they've got Chargers this week, 49ers, Broncos, Ravens, Chiefs, and Browns. Nothing, ish, no, nothing easy about that. 
they 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 won't finish first. They'll either finish second or equal with Cincinnati, and it might depend on tiebreakers. Yeah. Anyway. Pack Packers on by as well. They did have that impressive win over the Rams. They are currently second seed in the NFC. A.G. Dillon continues to take snaps away from Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about that, Peppy? It's good to see. He's a, they're very different running backs. One is, you know, Jerome Bettis, a big, you know, truck it up the middle running back, and then one's a kind of smaller, shifty guy that can be used a little bit more outside of the tackles. Uh, as a Packers fan, like to see both of them uh, go forward. Uh, the Panthers, we spoke at length about Sam C. They're fucked. They, yeah, pretty season's done. Pretty hard without him. And the Titans, uh, they signed Golden Tate this week. Uh, by, by all accounts, a good run blocker. So <laughs> exactly what they need in terms of. And AJ Brown is on injured reserve. This one came as a little bit of a shock. Uh, it might only be like a three-week one. Yeah, it's like, but hey, we—that's a free roster spot for Golden Tate. In other words, sure, do it that way. But I think they—you know—they got Julio out too. On, I think even Julio's on injured reserve. So they banged up the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Considering where they were, what two, three weeks ago? Two, two weeks ago, the yeah. head of the AFC, um, uh, after coming off like four straight wins against playoff teams, yeah, how the season can turn. Any news there, Max? Uh, so Brown suffered chest, ribs, and hand injuries um, in the loss up. against the Texans. Mm. They're banged up there. Um, yeah, so we'll be out for the next three weeks at least. Um, yep. Yeah. And that will wrap up the NFL coming into week 13. Mm. So talk some NBA and you might want to talk about no loss November for the, the Suns to kick us yeah, off. Yeah, Devin Booker. Yeah. He, he tweeted no loss November, uh, possibly a shout out to something that I've heard of uh, called no nut November. Would you fail? Yeah, I've never really tried it, to be honest. <laughs> Within an hour. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call it? Like 1am 1st of November. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it sounds like a fucking stupid challenge to me, if I'm being honest. Uh, but let's talk about Suns basketball. Uh, this Again, it's like last year. They just play good team basketball. Mm. They have six players. Six players averaging double-digit points. Of course, Devin Booker and CP3 uh, in that. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, he is having himself a season. 16 points, 12 rebounds. Shooting the ball at 63% from the field. The big three there for them, all averaging double digits. But then really good input from uh, Mikhail Bridges, JaVale McGee, and our man, our favourite on on the Esky, (laughs) Frank the Tank Kaminsky. He is at the Phoenix Suns and he is putting it in. Uh, Again, always the question mark is, can they do it? You know, come come June, come July, can they go deep? Uh, Mm. They showed last year that they can go deep, but they just fell short. Uh, but nothing to sneeze at. A 17-game win streak there for the Phoenix Suns. We did allude to it earlier in the podcast. The the desert state, the the uh, what do they call it? The 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 Valley of the Sun, the something like that. Your story. <laughs> the guys in the desert out at Phoenix. They've got a, on you. They've got a really good football team. They've got a really good basketball team uh, moving forward. Now look, yeah. boys, it is it is probably a week old now, but we have to talk about it. LeBron James, him and Isaiah Stewart. Uh, there was an incident. Mm. It 
did kind of look a little bit intentional from Bron. Oh, big time. Going back, he cuts up Isaiah Stewart. Well, it wasn't. The elbow was, wasn't just straight back. It was actually up and elevated. Mm. To hit him square in the face. Dog um, shot or accidental? No, nah, dog shot. Dog shot. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Uh, look, LeBron's got a pretty squeaky, clean record. Been in the news a lot this week, the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Sizes, but anyway. A little we'll bit. A, a little bit out of character for him. What about. They're the, having a tough season, so I think he's frustrated. Let's put it that way. And wouldn't surprise yeah. me if Stewart's been into him all game and he's just like, fuck you. Yep. Bit of, Let know. me sneak this elbow in. And I, I think, well, they both get ejected. I think Stewart got fined more than LeBron did. Um, interesting. But I think yeah. that's more because of Stewart's actions after the event. Um, Ran us through those, if you would. Well, I, I think he, he's, he's uh, missed tackles and posts yards after contact. Um, would look, Derek would Henry. be pretty good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trucking <laughs> it up. Oh, that was, I can seven missed tackles. Yeah. Yeah, he had three <laughs> or four attempts and mm. um, uh, definitely got through. Um, what was it? Dwight Howard, I think, had his best offensive game, kind of standing in the way of Stewart trying to get to LeBron in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a lot of memes came out of that. Um, ended up, you know, that was last week's news and not too much else came out of that besides a bit of fines for them. One game and then one suspension. game suspensions. Mm. Yeah, so not a huge thing. Uh, then LeBron came back, back. against the Pacers mm-hmm. and by all accounts – uh, what was said from the front row to him was disgusting. Yeah. It, it's a few women. It was, no, well, it, seemed, well, it, it was, a, it was a, couple, a, couple, a, a young couple. Yeah. A young couple uh, 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 allegedly had uh, re- made remarks uh, around uh, Bronny, you know, LeBron's son, saying that they hope he dies in a car accident. Yeah. Or, yeah, hope, or, he, hope your son dies. And LeBron's was like, uh, fuck you guys. <laughs> rightfully so, here. rightfully so. LeBron's got that kind of clout where he can just point at the Seckies and just say, those two out of here, and that's what happened. Uh, you know, they, I think they were making a boo-hoo kind of uh, gesture mm. as they got uh, escorted out of um, out of the arena there. The, the comments were kind of funny. Like, I don't want to, you know, condone any, any kind of, um, you know, behaviour like that, but, uh, you know... Some of the terminology that was getting thrown around was like uh, Le Karen, uh, Le Snitch. Uh, <laughs> Le kicked you out. I, I quite liked it. Uh, I quite like that. If you will. I, th- I think, in all seriousness, it was fair. Like if, yeah, if, 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 if some random couple showed up to your workplace and then started talking about you know, your, your family members dying. dying, yeah, you'd be like, uh, hold on a second. Fuck and off. you're six <laughs> yeah. foot eight, a supreme athlete, and they're five foot seven. Uh, haven't seen a gym since not 1998, <laughs> then yeah, I think you're within your reason. Born you're in with, 1998. That's probably when they were born and that's probably the last time they saw it, you know, when they were getting <laughs> driven home by mum and dad to go home in, in which they never partook in lifting weights or that's being it. any yeah. kind of athlete. Um, yeah, look, people like to shit on LeBron. They like to, you know, gang up on him. But if that's what's, what's said, good, kick them out. There's no room in the game for that. Fuck that off. Good on you, LeBron. And just quietly, he had 39 points in that game. They won it in overtime. Uh, he he is an argue, arguable goat. Uh, mm. You know, the Lakers obviously do a lot better when he is playing. That was a big story out of the Lakers in this last week. Yep. And uh, look, to for mine, good on him. Yep. 
So we should probably talk about Josh Giddy. Um, Monks, do you want to bring up the the table while we do? Um, he has joined uh, Lamelo Bell Ball, sorry, and LeBron James is the only teenagers to have a hundred assists, hundred boards in their first twenty games, and he's only played eighteen. So he's been pretty impressive. By all accounts, um, the American media loves him mm. um, and the, the young Australian. So he's been pretty pretty impressive top, um, of late. Top five in Rookie of the Year uh, betting from all uh, of what I've seen. Uh, I saw a really nice photo uh, on, uh, on his Instagram uh, this week. Uh, I think the caption was uh, something along the lines of um, playing against idols. And it was him guarding Paul George and Steph Curry yeah. as a 19-year-old <laughs> coming out of Australia, you know, to be out there and uh, and absolutely in awe and in respect and yeah. um, you know, just just lost for words to to be sharing a court with blokes like that. Josh Giddy, he he looks like he looks like a really good talent in the NBA, yeah. and obviously as Australians. Love to see him going forward doing some stuff with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, Vina, had to take a look at the standings. Um, I thought it was interesting seeing the um, the Ball brothers taking each other on with the, the Hornets and the Bulls playing during the week. Um, but the Bulls have been pretty impressive. They keep their position in fourth place there. Wearing the hat, wearing the hat. Uh, I don't, I don't actually have a team in in the NBA. Maybe mm-hmm. I should choose. Uh, but the Bulls, uh, led by Zach Levine, looking really, really nice. They are fourth in the East there. Uh, but mind you, th- we spoke about the Suns. The Warriors keep going about their business there, 18 and 3. Uh, Steph, you know, short fa- short price favourite to be the MVP out there. Before we deep deeper into the West, um, just to finish on the East, uh, we had we were talking about Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. You know where they are. They started to move their way up. Uh, two playoff teams from last year kind of going the other way in the Knicks and the 76ers, Sixers, mm. um, kind of really struggling of late as well. Yeah, Ben it's, Simmons, watch Where's nothing, no, nothing new. So the, uh, I think he's still he hasn't played, of course. He's still sitting around, um, potentially getting. I think he's getting fined, um, but he's he's not going to play for them, and uh, they can't find a trade partner currently. Um, they have. Well, they did lose their last one, um, but yeah, they are currently sitting eleven eleven at five hundred. Um, but like I said, in the West, uh, Suns and Warriors kind of, uh, and I, I guess across the league, kind of putting themselves out there in front of everyone. They've got a three-game lead on the next closest team in the Nets um, from the East. They've got a four-game lead, of course, on the Jazz, who's in third place um, in the West. And, you know, even they've got a, what is it, a, a three-game lead on mm. Dallas um, mm-hmm. in four there. So, like, they're mm. very clearly kind of putting themselves ahead. Probably a good then thing for the Lakers who've been struggling at 500. They've don't have a long way to quickly get themselves into um, fourth place there. So they they get out of the West. The Lakers mm. they look they're probably a little bit underwhelming uh, as it is. But 12 and 11 early in the year wouldn't surprise me if the Lakers finished top four. Yeah, well Grizzlies maybe a bit of surprise there. Yeah, five hundred, considering you've got the the Nuggets and they say the Clippers there all below them as well. Mm. You know, two teams that. Uh, I believe made playoffs last year as well. And shout out to John Morant. Uh, he has the most points in the paint, if you will, uh, 
on a per game basis this year, a you know undersized point guard can go up and and take it to the rim. That's real. That's that's really cool to see. Obviously, the paint tends to get dominated by uh, you know fellas. taller, stronger, yeah, big fellas. And Jar just continues to define uh, defy, if you will, cr- the critics. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies cruising along pretty well there at eleven and ten. Yeah, but as always, still pretty early in the season. Well, another forty odd matches to be played by each team. <laughs> More than that, we got. Uh, How long's the season? Eighty-two games, 82 60, games. sixty games to go. Yeah, so a lot of basketball still to happen. Lot, a lot, lot to go. Change, yeah. So. So that finishes up with NBA, and I think we'll touch quickly on the MLB because um, it was announced today that they couldn't reach an agreement or their talks haven't gone far enough for a potential new EA. So it looks like they will go to a lockout, play a lockout. Um, first time they've had a work stoppage since 94, 95, I yeah, believe. Okay. So a long time. We've seen that kind of semi-recently in the NFL. I think the NBA has been pretty good with theirs. I think NHL had a, a work stoppage for a little while uh, within this decade. So, yeah, it's a kind of a, a big thing with MLB, with their, their you know, their players, the baseball players, they make fuckloads of money. Um, and potentially I think the league was – uh, happy to do a bit more revenue sharing, happy to share a bit more on the luxury taxes and the, the scope of deals and the years on the deals. Um, but, yeah, they obviously couldn't come to agreement, so they potentially will run into a lockout because I believe they're, they're in their, their, um, their off-season, of course, because the mm-hmm. World Series was finished up a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, p- yeah. Maybe it'll get resolved before the season starts next year, but by all accounts, um, MLB will, will will go into a lockdown and we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, I don't think it'll get to the point they'll play re- replacement players. Potentially, it'll be like there won't be a season uh, leading At into Reeves. <laughs> yeah, exactly the <laughs> replacement. Um, yeah, I don't think it'll be like the the NFL eighty three, eighty four, whatever nah. it was, work stoppage and um, the lockout recently for the NFL. What did they miss? They missed preseason, and then they sorted it out yeah. um, early in the season. So they yeah. they never tend to last too long, do they? Yeah. Well, exactly. As soon as the television money, if you can't put games on, you can't get TV revenue, and that's where most of the money comes from. And money talks, as we like to say on the ASCII, especially when it's fourteen billion dollars worth <laughs> of revenue they're trying to split up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> AUDs, AUDs, fourteen billion AUDs. Yep. Was that in USD? 10, 10, 10, 10, 11. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Mm. Wouldn't mind uh, 0.1% of (laughs) of that for for a stellar (laughs) podcast, up and coming podcast. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's why we want to touch on the MLB. We'll see what happens with that. It's just Mm. interesting um, with, of course, the EAs and how the leagues kind of compete, especially the big four in America, because that does impact the others a little bit, but we'll see uh, what kind of impact that has. Mm. Peppy, some soccer. Do you want to start off with the EPL and what's happening, I believe, at Man U? Yeah, the big story coming out of the football world in the last seven days, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he got the sack. Uh, The writing's been on the wall for a fair time for the Manchester United manager. Uh, they, They started the year well. They were undefeated through five games and then they went and lost five of their last seven, including some embarrassing results 
Uh, and the nail in the coffin was a 4-1 loss at Vicarage Road to Watford. That was their biggest defeat to a newly promoted team since 1989. Uh, Michael Carrick took the that took the Elms for a little bit, and then uh, Ralph Rangnick. Uh, he's been announced as interim manager. He's the former Red Bull Leipzig coach. Uh, he will take them through uh, the rest of the season. Next year, there's a lot of speculation who might come through. Uh, Pochettino uh, is currently the PSG uh, manager. He's contracted through to 2023. There's a lot of noise. May Man U pay out his compensation. Other guys on the market include Ernesto Valvado. Uh, he got sacked by Barca, he's, so he's currently uncontracted. So they will just have to deal with him directly if they wanted him to have the job. Uh, and then a, a, maybe a, a bigger story, uh, you know, a headline more than anything is Zinedine Zidane, yep. um, who just left Real Madrid, long-term uh, coach of, of Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose the knock on him is he, apparently he doesn't speak very good uh, English and he may have his sights set on coaching France. Uh, and if they wanted to go English, uh, maybe Brendan Rogers, the Leicester... Met, how, uh, how, how far are we from the World Cup? Is that a? It's not next year, but the year after. No, it's next year. It is. It's not that far. It's what are we? Eight, usually, usually eight months. We're eight months away. Eight months. Well, this is my point on Zidane. It's usually um, too short a time frame for a World Cup squad. They, they usually want to take. They usually want to have a coach that takes them through the qualifiers to then build that squad to then take them into the World Cup. They usually don't change them. Um, Possibly, but you're also talking about a French legend. True. So it wouldn't surprise me if Zidane does get that top gig there. Uh, The other other chat, I suppose, was around Eric Ten Hag, who's having uh, a stellar season with Ajax. Um, But it may be, you know, to go from Mm. Ajax to Manchester United, one of the biggest clubs in the world, it may Mm. be too much of a jump. But in the meantime, uh, and there's no ruling out that Ralph Rangnick may not get, you know, he may be the guy going forward and, you know, gets his interim role and may hold on to it. United fans, you know, it all looked hunky-dory a few months ago. They signed Cristiano Ronaldo, Jadon Sancho from Borussia, uh, an unbelievable young English player, and Rafael Varane, uh, one of the best centre-backs in the world from Real. Mm-hmm. And in the APL, they're just not looking too good. They're coming 10th through 13 games on 18 points after starting quite well. They do take on Arsenal tomorrow morning. Um, big matchup. So big Arsenal, match up. of course, uh, have ascended a little bit. They've been trending fifth. in the right direction. Yeah. The old Gunners, they have been going in the right way. Some other some other match results uh, from today. Man City beat Villa. Mm-hmm. Liverpool got 4-1 against Everton. The Hammers played a draw with Brighton. Uh, Chelsea got a win over Watford. Uh, Wolves and Burnley played a draw. City and Sampton draw. Leeds United and Palace had, well, Leeds won 0. Newcastle had a draw against Northwest City. Before you scroll down, James, uh, Peps, what's the team on the bottom of the ladder that hasn't had a win so far this season? Is it Newcastle United? Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of work to do under the new ownership. Yeah. Uh, they'll have a lot of money coming in. Rebuild. But, uh, I, I rebuild. They are, what, six points? Six points. Six points uh, out of relegation so two, Is that two wins or is it three wins? Two wins. Two, two wins. wins. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, look, a lot of uh, work cut out there from the, the boys, from the Geordie Shaw. 
uh, to, to climb out of the bottom three yet there. But, yeah, Newcastle United, 14 games in, do not have a win. <laughs> Uh, with uh, about to become under new ownership, uh, apparently from the wealthiest people to ever buy a soccer club. Uh, be interesting to see what happens there. Just going quickly back to Manchester United. Whilst it's been very, very, very disappointing in the Premier League, they're actually going pretty good in the Champions League. They did get a win over Villarreal last week. Bayern Munich looking the goods there. They haven't dropped a point. They're looking very good. And I did mention it before, Ajax. They haven't dropped a point either. They mm-hmm. are going okay. Monks, if you wouldn't mind chasing up the UEFA Champions League standings with one game to go, essentially a lot of dead rubbers coming up. We've got a good idea as to who's going through and who is not. Unfortunately, our boys from Moldova, Sheriff Tiraspol, they yeah. they got done by Real Madrid. They're they're out. They it was a, it was a great story while it lasted. <laughs> uh, you know, winning their first two games there in Group D. Uh, but let's let's go to the top and go through. Man yeah. City are through, uh, and PSG are through in Group A. There only formalities to come. Uh, in Group B, Liverpool uh, have been playing some good football, mind you. Uh, Mo Salah. Mm. A little bit unlucky to not be nominated, I thought, this week in the Ballon d'Or. Lionel Messi taking that out. I think Robert Lewandowski uh, may have had a better season, uh, perhaps, than Messi did. Very interesting there in Group B between Porto, Milan and Atletico. Only one point separating them, so second spot is up for grabs. Group C, uh, we mentioned Ajax, they're they're killing it. Uh, Sporting Lisbon go through... There uh, in second place. Group D is wrapped up. Real Madrid and Inter going through with a valiant effort from Sheriff <laughs> Terrace Pool. They're, they're going to come third. The, the Moldovans in their first ever appearance in the Champions League can hold their heads high. Uh, Bayern Munich, my tip to take out the whole thing. They haven't lost. They will go through there. Barcelona. Do have to worry about this game upcoming uh, with Benfica up on their tail, but you'd imagine uh, the Catalans club gets through there. Are they playing Bayern? Who, who, they, who are they playing for their last match? That's a good question. I, are you going to take that one up? Because I think I saw some chat about um, Barcelona worried about what the scoreline may be. Well, and they uh, and they should be. They should yeah, be. It is they do. So, <laughs> so Barca takes on Bayern. Sporting Lisbon would be licking their Portuguese lips. They'd be tasting that Nando's chicken just going, oh, my goodness. Uh, it's not even Sporting Lisbon, it's Benfica. But it's uh, so that's big. That's big Bayern. Yeah, it, is, it is a dead rubber yeah. for them. They will finish first regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a so big you think they rest players? or Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Or maybe Lewandowski's going to go out there and say, how many fucking goals do I have to score to get a Ballon d'Or? <laughs> you know, in the calendar year, Lewandowski, 51 goals from 40 appearances. Jeez. On paper, on paper, was the best player in uh, in football this year. Group F is still kind of interesting. You'd think United go through there. They're on mm. 10 points. And then it's kind of close between Villarreal and Atalanta. Uh, there and then this one is the, is the real interesting one. Group G, uh, Lille uh, out of France and Red Bull Salzburg uh, in Group G, uh, but Sevilla and Wolfsburg aren't out of it. So that's really the only group where there's some kind of speculation, I suppose. Who who uh, Chelsea and Juventus playing? 
Yeah, it's probably for number one seed, I'd say. Well, yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter. And the number one seed doesn't really matter that much yeah, because you, you, you go into there's the number one seeds and the number two seeds, but essentially it just goes into a pot. And yeah. It doesn't oh, okay. really matter that much. But Juventus and uh, Chelsea are through there. So only, you know, a lot of dead rubbers. Uh, but, yeah, the, I suppose the big story would be if Barcelona were to miss out going <laughs> forward. And for mine, Bayern still look very, very good. You can't rule out Liverpool. You can't rule out uh, Ajax. Uh, you can't rule out City. Yeah. Uh, be interested in going forward into the knockout games. Wow. PSG only scored nine goals. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit underwhelming, though. Very, very interesting decision uh, with Messi getting that ballon d'or. Yes. True. And that will get us through to the On the Esky final round. We have a quick wrap-up of the UFC. Let's go. Ding, ding. Yeah, well, like you said, uh, very quick wrap-up. Not a huge amount of massive fights talking to talk about. Uh, Melissa Tate uh, lo- losing on her... I think this was a comeback fight. It might have been a second fight back in the UFC in the women's bantamweight division. Misha. Um, Misha. Misha, Tate. sorry. Misha um, yeah, she wasn't the Ketlin Vera, who is kind of a little bit of an unknown. Mm. There, uh, she goes up to uh, the sixth rank in the women's bantamweight. You'd kind of think, uh, who cares? Because yeah. there's someone in that division called Amanda Nunes who probably takes care of business well, for the any story, challenge. The, the story was trying to get Tate back into that conversation, but yeah, I think she might be one on one and back in the UFC since her semi-retirement after mm-hmm. giving birth. Um, so the other kind of interesting one, the Sh- Sean Bradley, um, Brady, sorry, not Bradley, Sean <laughs> Brady. Uh, like, like Tom. Yeah, like Tom. I was just like, it's, it says Brady. Why don't I read it like Bradley? Dickhead. Um, <laughs> took on Michael Kesser uh, in middleweight. Um, so he did defeat Michael Kesser. Um, he's up six spots um, into eight and Kesser drops down, drops three for himself. Mm-hmm. Um which is a good get for Brady uh, in this one. Uh, the fight card on the weekend, Rob Font taking on Jersey Aldo. Um, so that's looking pretty good. Uh, Jimmy Crute, uh, Aussie boy with the luscious mullet, I believe, yep. at the press conference. We've, they've uh, all got mullets these days. they all got mullets. The big one, I suppose, uh, the pull out, it, it is a little bit old news, uh, but Jorge Masvidal having to pull out uh, for his fight. Against yeah. Leon Edwards. So UFC 269, two weeks away, as perhaps alludes to there. Um, he had to pull out of his fight on, uh, the, on the pay-per-view, sorry. Yeah. My apologies, yeah. my apologies. Still Get, the two, getting ahead of myself. Yeah, it's, it's all good. Um, it happens. Uh, the two title fights still on that card, which is still very juicy. Um, and we all cover that UFC 269 a bit closer um, well, next week. Next week, more in depth, date, more in depth. Um, with uh, a couple Aussies slash Kiwis on that card as well. F1. I think there's a lot of F1 to talk about. Um, so Before we get that, um, go, go. still still in the fighting, fighting realm, um, going back to boxing. Oh, this, this is a good throwback. Yeah. You yeah. know, like in we, stand, stand-up comedy yeah. when they set up a joke and it's like an hour and a half ago <laughs> and then they come back to it. This is what Like it, a Frank the Tank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're going to suffer through two hours to get an answer. That's right. That's it. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. People are going to have to listen to the whole podcast to, to find, this to find out mm. the info. Mm. Um, and may God have mercy on this soul. <laughs> that's it. So we, I could find two Aussies. Mm-hmm. Um, first one, obviously, Costa Zoo. So yeah. he held he the 
WBA, WBC, mm-hmm. IBF um, belts, I believe. He defended that twice um, between 2001 and 2003. Yeah. There is more belts now, but of course, different organisations. Yeah. And then the other one, we have to go back to t- uh, 1952-1954. Jimmy Carruthers um, held the NYSAC and NBA um, bantamweight belts. Good on Jimmy Carruthers. He, he was fighting the local drunk down the pub <laughs> in those days. Uh, but that, that's, that's very interesting that uh, uh, there's only been two, two guys to, mm. to hold, uh, you know, that's it, unanimous belts before. Undisputed. Look, Boxing yeah. champion. As Australians, of course. As Australians. Uh, of course. Of course. Yeah. So there that's you go. Cool. That's cool going back to, you know, way back early in the podcast mm-hmm. there, Monks. I did enjoy that. <laughs> yes. So F1. Um, yes. Uh, how we got to where the race was, Bottas got a three-place penalty. Max got five. I can't even remember the reasons for these. I was um, going to say this is this over is a week ago. Yeah, this is gone, but... Um, <laughs> It didn't in the end of the race. It didn't really matter because uh, by the I think the end of the first lap or by the second lap, Max was already back into P two, um, so he was chasing Lewis. Uh, but Hamilton was too quick throughout the entire race. Um, it was too fast. He led from start to finish. Um, you know, didn't even lose that position through the pit stops because he was that quick. Mm. Um, the biggest story probably from the race in Abu Dhabi was the front left tires failing. Uh, I think in the end we had four failures. Um, Bottas had his blowout. Perez it was back at Qatar, right? Qatar, sorry, Qatar. Yep. You are right, Qatar. <laughs> Abu Dhabi is the one coming up. I was trying to remember which one it was. Um, so yes, back at Qatar. Sorry, um, Bottas had his fail. I think Norris mm. was close. He has losing pressure, so they brought him in. And then I think one of the uh, Foramayos and then one of the Williams also had failures. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's at least four that had. Actually, well, Bottas was the big one because um, he was kind of in position for some points um, and well, in position for fighting for the third place with Perez, but it really took him out and he didn't um, make it in the top 10, which was good for Alonso because he held on for the third place for his first podium, I believe, in close to 100 GPs, uh, which takes us back to some time in like 2014 or 2015. Long time between drinks for Alonso. Uh, yeah. Mugs, you might want to find the exact exact uh, time he feels back on the podium. Max did get the fastest lap in this race. Uh, so both championships end up very close. Um, and if you wouldn't mind as well, Monks, to make you work overtime, uh, bringing up the current standings in the championships and the difference between the two. Because my understanding for this week's race um, at the Saudi Grand Prix is this in Saudi Arabia or is this? Yep. yep. Yeah. So this is in Saudi Arabia. It's going to be a night race. Um, there's a couple ways for for Max to potentially win the championship at this race. But let's first go to the standing. So Max is at 351.5 to Lewis's 343.5. So in total, what's that quick math? Eight points between the two of them. Yep. So I think it works out. If Max is first and Lewis is sixth or less, he wins the championship. If Max is second, it's like it's it's five positions yeah. essentially. He's got to have a five positions fastest lap adds a point in there about. Um, so yep. potentially Max can win the competition, the win the championship 
this round. If Max yes. doesn't score and Lewis does, uh, he can still potentially win the title back at the final race of the season, uh, <laughs> making it very, very close. Uh, where's the constructors at while we're, we're looking at standings? Um, uh, yep. Teams, because I think this uh, also very close with Bottas not scoring on in Qatar. Uh, we've got Mercedes at five forty six point five and Red Bull at five forty one point five. Yeah. So it's still flip of a coin still, between between those uh, those front two. Yeah, still very very close in that, and it'd be interesting if Red Bull wins the. Drivers championship and then also well, loses the contractors. Um, mm. it, it kind of shows how close this season's been. Um, another bad day for McLaren uh, and uh, another good day for Ferrari. So I think Ferrari probably got that third space sign up. They do have almost 40 points uh, yep, by the looks yep. of that on top of mm-hmm. McLaren. So that's a bit disappointing for Lando and Ricardo how they were going. Um but hey, they're they're still well clear of all the other teams, and there's definitely going to be there in a fight next year. Um, hopefully, with some of those regulations to push them into the next um, the next echelon, like fight for fight for positions, fight for more podiums as such. Yep, that's it. So finish up on Qatar. There's no Qatar race next year because of the World Cup we mentioned earlier for the football or soccer uh, will happen next year so um i think they didn't want to overlap whatever mm-hmm. um but mm-hmm. either way the following year when they come back to qatar they're not going to use the the dedicated motorsports um arena they have been using which has three or four different layouts um for the circuit because they can change it mm. uh, depending on what corners they want to use looks like it'll be a street race through that's qatar. interesting so to go interesting. away from a purpose-built arena to go to a street race it would be interesting in, in qatar yeah, obviously I, a lot of tall buildings i wonder if it's maybe more location based getting it into the cbd yeah or sure. maybe not directly in cbd but more closer to that maybe potentially getting more people mm-hmm. um, into stands into crowds or more people at the event than where they have um the current um track which could potentially be a little bit outside of the um you know normal kind of areas of the city um so to finish up uh we've got two races to go saudi grand prix coming up really really close competition um we had talked about Max kind of fa- like favoring up for the championship, but Lewis has roared back in. I'm not sure if James he can find out about the engine situation in Mercedes. I think it's been some chat that Lewis could potentially take another engine, take his five point pace grid penalty. Yeah. Um, considering he's already used his allotment of engines for this season, but if he takes a five place grid penalty and it still, you know, gives him such a huge advantage over what Max is doing. Um, does he do it anyway to to push that agenda of potentially winning? Yeah, so earlier on in the week, there was rumours uh, Marco Helmut from Red Bull was saying that they felt pretty good with the next couple of races, that Mercedes wouldn't, or Hamilton's engine wouldn't have the same power as what he's had in the last couple of races. Because last two, he's just been so much quicker than everyone. You could see it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure if you've got any news there, Peps. No, I can't really find uh, much, although yeah. a lot of people are scorning uh, the fact that Lewis Hamilton has had to uh, change his engine so many times. But in terms mm. of the rules and the legality of it, I'm not that sure 
Also mm. coming from uh, not, not the biggest <laughs> F1 uh, aficionado well, on, the, yeah. on the table here. Well, well I mean, what you're looking at there, also Alonso kind of something coming out. It's like, hey, you only have a set limit you're meant to use to a season. If you mm. break that limit, which they would yeah. if they take another engine, um, five, the five place is not good enough. Send him to the back of the grid, which would be a huge penalty. So they wouldn't do that yeah, if that was it. the case. Mm. So. And I mean, it wouldn't matter too much between teams such as Mercedes and Red Bull, but. If you've got Mercedes that's bringing in new engines every other race and they're competing against a lower team that don't have the same budget as Alfa Romeo or as um, Alpine, then you can understand why Alonso is not feeling was feeling a little bit dirty about it because mm. how can he compete um, when they're they're playing within the rules um, mm. because a they have to because it's the rules and b because mm. they haven't got the money to spend on. Built, rebuilding new engines every other race week. Or getting um, freshly built, like fre- brand new ones. Yeah, that's it. Straight out of the factory versus um, a rebuilt one. Yeah, so I suppose there's the argument that Hamilton sort of just, I wouldn't say cheating his way, but... Um, well, we saw in the last, like, two, at least the two races in the last... Yeah. Since he took that, that energy penalty, just how much quicker it is. Like, it is a significant benefit, so... Yeah, um, well if it, if it's within the rules, the, you know, that go back to that gamesmanship uh, conversation. Well, yeah, that's it. That's probably more gamesmanship than anything else. Like, if he can take a new engine, take five grid penalties, and still win a yeah. race, then yeah. Well, if he wins the next, matter. he has to win the next two races, and if Max finishes second in both, he would then win the championship by a couple of points. Like, mm. um, it's break, it's make or break for him currently. So if mm. it's within the rules, why wouldn't you? Potentially to get your eighth championship. But That's it. Well, I mean, it's yeah, it's knows? an interesting storyline. Like, it's obviously a win now mentality. What does that mean next year with all the regulations, well, the new cap on spending? Every, everything changes. I think next year, everything changes. A- aero tire, wheels, tires, everything's different. So, could everything could flip on its head. Yeah, that's um, it. So you, you think most of the big teams that have invested heavily will have invested heavily in next season, based on the under their cap, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't think it'll change that significantly from where it is now. I think it might close the gap a little bit more to what what did we see. I think we saw Lewis and Max lap, you know, 16, 15 or 16 of the competitors um, have a lap down on everyone. Maybe it'll be closer mm. where most of the teams can stay on the lead lap and be more competitive in the racing. Who knows? We'll have to see. But it's really firming up to be a great end to the championship that hadn't Definitely. been very close in recent years. No, yeah, um, so it's the closest that I remember the last few years. Yeah, so. Definitely. And, yeah, will we have a defined champion by the end of this race? I don't think so. No. It wouldn't surprise me if Max and Lewis are one two in some order again, and we'll have to go to um, the final race of the season. Where is that, Max? Uh, uh, um, Emirates, isn't it? Yes. So we've got the Saudi one, and then we go to Emirates. Okay, cool. Mm, I'm learning. <laughs> yeah. So the final kind of uh, sad news during the week. Um, so Frank Williams did pass away, uh, F1 legend. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I'm not sure if you got some stats there, um, Peppy, but well-loved throughout the paddock. Of course, yep. knighted um, for for his uh, achievements throughout the sport. Say, Sir Frank Williams. Yeah, Sir, yeah. Sir, Sir Frank Francis Williams. Um it was yeah. the founder of the Williams team, of course, um, and he was uh, like pretty much the boss from uh, 1977 until 2020. So in the game for just about 50 years. In that period, he won nine constructors championships and seven drivers championships as a 
uh, a boss as a principal yes. of yeah. of uh, of Williams there, and uh, it's yeah he's he's passed away um, peacefully um, at the age of seventy nine um, in the last uh, in the last week. So Vale Frank Williams, a, a legend of uh, of motor racing, yeah, and loved in F one, especially of course British motor racing. He, he knows all the British boys coming through, um, being head of Williams, having George Russell there, but also working mm. with. Yeah, you know, Lando and Lewis himself, mm. even Nico Rosberg, like everyone kind of knew Frank, um, knew Frank Williams, um, Sir Frank Williams, mm. as you will, throughout the throughout the sport. So, yeah, heavy hearts and a big loss. Um, a lot of outpouring on social media uh, from the F1 community during the week um, for his passing. Had an accident himself uh, in the 1980s, uh, so it was actually uh, wheelchair bound uh, mm. since 1986. Uh, so. Definitely take my hat off to anyone that um, you know was strong enough to to you know st- stay mentally um, you know sound through through you know su- mm. such a um, abhorrent um, uh, accident. So yes, yeah, sp- spent the last thirty five years of his life uh, wheelchair bound. So veil to Frank Williams, and especially in a sport like motor racing, where of course he would have loved. Uh, motor racing and driving himself, mm. yeah, to to end up that kind of accident. Is, you know, well, that's it because I think he was initially after the accident he was a tetraplegic, so mm. everything um, were paralyzed from the neck down, and then I think he was able to get some mobility back in his arms. What, where one one arm? Um, yeah, um, yeah, horrible. But um, yeah, yeah. A, a legend of the sport. Um, so he, he'll be missed. Um, yeah, shout Definitely. out to Frank Williams and uh, thoughts with his family. So to finish off the podcast, uh, some final bit of motor racing uh, news or events coming up. Uh, Australia's biggest uh, racing event, the Bathurst 1000, our Spa, our Le Mans, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, is taking place over the weekend. Um, I believe the Generation 3 cars will be revealed tomorrow morning. So that's the new Mustangs and Camaro for the future of supercars. Um, so again, kind of doing what F1's doing with new regulations mm. and new designs. Um, they're very much going less aero, more like production cars, which makes the cars move around a bit more, a bit more skittish, mm. more high competitive racing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But the Bathursts, the main races on Sunday should run between six and seven hours, you know, a thousand kilometers. It's a big, big long race. A lot of um, well-known superstars of Australian motor racing, of course, competed mm. there. Um, won many championships. It is, is the biggest motor sport event for Australians calendar. So check that out. And it's just quite an interesting sport, especially if you like F1, you like NASCAR, combine the two, you've got supercars. So there, there yeah. you go for all our international listeners. Went for a hot lap in the Subaru Forester, actually, back in May. Went up there for <laughs> Mitch Bruce's <laughs> wedding and uh, took the boys for a quick lap. Uh, that hill is very steep. It, yes. the TV, Going down the mountain. <laughs> the TV yeah. does not do it justice, just how steep that hill is. Uh, so to imagine... Uh, you know, after being there, you know, you know, in the flesh six months ago and watching, uh, you know, the, the boys fly down that hill, it is very steep. Yeah, yeah. averaging over 100 kilometres an hour. And it's tight. It's, it's like it's very it's, tight. It's very wall, tight. Wall, yeah. wall on either side. So. Yeah, the TV yeah. does not do it justice. Yeah. Already, because they've done three practice sessions, I think, today, um, then have another one tomorrow with a potential qualifying with final top shootout on Saturday. Yeah, already had a bunch of um, 
guys go into the wall and <laughs> a lot of damaged car, <laughs> uh, especially the Coca-Cola 96 that hit the wall in P2 today. So, yeah, it's... If you like cars that run into each other and bump and scrape, um, it is a very interesting and entertaining <laughs> motorsport. And that will wrap up the podcast for this evening. Thank you very much to anyone that has lasted through three hours of our dribble. Uh, it was a big one for us, uh, obviously having last weekend off. And yep. uh, how about this, boys? Next week, we've got the Ashes. We've got UFC 269. Yep. We've obviously got the NFL coming to the pointy end of the year. We've got, yep. obviously, the F1 wrapping up, the Champions League getting uh, to the pointy end. Uh, India, New Zealand. India, New Zealand. Second yep. test starts tomorrow. There is plenty to talk about, as always. Uh, if you do like this content, please uh, consider subscribing on uh, YouTube. Uh, check us out on Instagram. Um, and... We will see you next week. Thank you if you are staying with us uh, through this much content. Uh, we enjoy it. It's fun to have a few beers <laughs> with the lads and uh, talk some dribble about sport and, you know, general life and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. That's Thank you, it. lads. Thank you, boys, for coming out. We'll see you all next week. Appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Bye. Gotcha. Bye.